Welcome to your new favorite band, the podcast brought to you by the LA Navy. And now, your hosts, Dallas Dwight and Drizzle Silvera. Well, hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Your New Favorite Band. This is episode 30. I'm Dallas Dwight. Across the table from me today, as always, is... What's up, Drizzle? How's it going, people? And our good friend, Mr... Fred Updegraft. Hello. Say and spell your name, please. Just kidding. It's not. <laughs> it's like an interview. <laughs> we had to do that in high school. We were in the, uh, the journalism school, and you'd have to get everyone to say and spell their name at the beginning, which is really smart when you think about it. Name's Drizzle, D-R-I-Z-G-L-E. Yeah. Doesn't work when they can't spell their name like you, right? Right, yeah. You know, there's a lot of people who can't. Anyway, Fred's here. What's up, man? Ah, oh, man, just hanging. Thank you for having me. I've been uh, checking out you guys' stuff. Been looking forward to coming out and doing this with you guys. So thanks yeah, for having man. me out. We're stoked. So um, I've known Fred for a little while, but Driz, you've known Fred a lot longer and, have, and a lot closer. I only knew Fred as kind of like a workplace acquaintance. Yeah, well over but half we always my got life. On. We always got on fine. Yeah. Always thought you were amazing. Likewise, man. At all of the uh, gig nights we did. <laughs> yeah, fun times. <laughs> you were always the bass and the drums and whatever. Yep. Guitar. Fred plays everything, by the way. Better than most people that play that one thing. So, a good musical mind in the room. One of many. One of three. One of two. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let you guys figure out. It's a coin toss sometimes, Hundreds. <laughs> just the stare dude yeah, just, once again it's a million degrees in here and we are the, gl- uh, the glistening boys huh? we we Let's definitely see. we definitely have that shine going on you know shine, yeah yeah i feel sunburned without <laughs> without being in the sun um I'll hand it over to you man yeah so uh fred and i let's, i think bring what, fred in, yeah. about 17 years now dude it's been a long about time 17 That's crazy. years I thought you were only 16 yeah dude <laughs> uh, i am but uh, you know 16 just sitting here with <laughs> Well, time is relative, so time is a circle. Let man. that fuck with your brain a little time bit. Time is yeah. a circle, brother. No, seventeen years, yeah. And uh, so, how'd you guys meet? At church, right? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Did you guys go to the same school or anything? No, but we we went to the same church. I had a friend who was a, a drummer, and I was playing rhythm guitar with him. And Daryl was a friend of his as well that was playing guitar, and so we formed a little band that didn't last very long but daryl and i, I were playing do. guitar and he was on drums and uh well we kept going together after that yeah but you started on piano correct that's right yeah so would you like what would you say is your main instrument that's a hard question um people ask me that all the time actually but because i would say from an out- outsider it's bass I, that's what i see you do the most you know it's funny because that was my last instrument so mm-hmm. the reason why i play the bass as much as i do is because of the tribute band that i'm with i play right. with the billy joel and elton john tribute and um so interesting story there. So my drum teacher, Daniel Rodriguez, if you don't know him, Daniel Rodriguez Jr. won the Guitar Center Drum Off in 2006. Amazing drummer. He's played with Britney Spears, Justin Timberlake, Prince, Lenny Kravitz. The list goes on. Go look him up. He's amazing. And uh, so he moved into town, and my dad ended up meeting him and, and was like, you're amazing. you got to give my son drum lessons because I was studying drums at the time. And, uh, you know, we years later after we had finished um, having our lessons, I'd met him at a bar called Smokey Joe's and we just did an open mic night and so I brought the bass he sat on the drums and that little jam session turned into a call one day and um and so I've been with the band for five years now and just after drilling all that right. music yeah, yeah yeah and uh but yeah after five years of just gigging and 
playing all the time and learning all that music, it kind of became one of, I'd say drums and bass as far as playing live music is kind of my two main, uh, but piano is like where my heart is, you know? Right. Um, That's where you started. Yeah. Right. Right. That's crazy. I feel like a lot of people start on piano and then kind of move yeah. elsewhere. I think it's a, a it's a fantastic yeah. foundational instrument. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Especially for composition and stuff as well. Yeah. I'm not, I was never as good at piano as I wanted to be. I can play, you know, I, I've never performed live with piano. I don't think I ever would, but. Sure. I think it's also cool around. It's an amazing tool for teaching music theory, learning music theory. Oh yeah, there's nothing better because it's, it's like just a map laid out. Yeah, well, all the note a C looks like a C, whereas yeah. on guitar yeah, yeah. it's like it's so different. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's completely linear. Completely linear. Yep. Yeah. It's all. Oh, it's also there's worth no redundancy. We're all uh, music instructors here, and I met both of you actually through the company that we all work for, Bold Music. That's right. Yeah, that's how I met you first, actually, before I knew Driz. Yeah, shout out we, to I've Bold. I've told the story of how we met on here, though, before, right? Yeah, we've, t- we've told the yeah, story. you were the only yeah. guy with a jean jacket and long hair. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, i got to talk to this guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I told that story on a podcast the other day. Someone was interviewing us for the band, and um, that came up. Like, how, how did the band get formed or whatever? How'd you get your coolest member? And you were like, yeah. well, let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, are you still, just... the, you're still the new guy. <laughs> How's that work? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm the... I'm not the newest, but I'm still the newest because... It's a weird... Yeah, it's yeah. just... A, the Time isn't linear. That's what we were just talking about. Exactly. <laughs> it's a, the circle, it's a callback. Man. All right, thank you guys so much. We'll see you next week. Just kidding. <laughs> but so, yeah. so you started really playing bass for The Stranger. That was your first time, like... Well, I started uh, through teaching. So I was working for a guitar center. I was teaching for them, and I was on the sales floor, actually, at the time, and I told my uh, manager that I wanted to switch over to teaching lessons, and... One day he buzzes me on the intercom and calls me to his office and he says, like, hey, man, you want to switch to lessons, right? You want to start today? And I'm like, uh, okay. Uh, so what had happened was a one of their primary instructors called in that day and said, you know, I, my girlfriend and I moved, broke up. I got to move back to Georgia, all this stuff. They said, okay, how much time do you need? He says, I'm on my way there now. And so uh, they Uh-oh. needed somebody to fill like a whole week's worth of students. And then that same week, a second instructor quit. So I had, no joke, 51 students when I first started like actually teaching. Just right out which of the was, It was gnarly. <laughs> Dude, they had these. Like, That's actually kind of cool, but you'll learn real quick. Yeah. Probably so they, one week, you're like, I'm, I got it now. Like, Yeah. They had these, these uh, two by fours as decoration in the room just going around. And uh, at the end of the day, those things were doing this, you know, just because yeah. it was, I mean, it was like 8 a.m. until. 8 p.m. of just nonstop lessons. Yeah, no breaks. Oh, dude. Yeah. That's one thing I I did like about Bold is that the fact that you're in home, you have that little decompression period. Right, in the car, you get time. Because I've taught in the lesson room where you're sitting in the room and they're filing in and they're passing each other on the way in and out, and you're just like, dude, kill me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Even for like six hours, it's like, this is 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 a lot, man. So at the time, I wasn't really much of a bass player. I was kind of a passive guitar player. Drums and piano was my main thing. You know, I, I would say that I was an advanced player. Like, I could do some difficult things, but I wasn't a professional player by any means. And um, so in that period, I quickly realized on the first couple days that a lot of these students were actually better players than I was. Right. Um, but luckily, like, I knew one thing that they didn't know, and I was able to give that to them. And so I started pulling books off the shelves, and I decided like on guitar and on bass i needed to have like one advanced technique that most of those students probably didn't have and i would just drill that one thing and teach the same thing to all of the students that day Mm -hmm. and so that turned into me playing that exercise 16 times or whatever you know with all the students exactly i was playing for like eight hours a day yeah and um you know so i think that really is what kind of kick-started me getting into the stringed instruments 
I like that. I like attacking it from like a mental standpoint of like, yeah. Instead of just trying to like fake just it having that motivation you step of back like, and you're like, all right, how can I do this? Smarter, yeah. Well, I got know? that first paycheck and I was like, okay, yeah, that's <laughs> got to st- keep happening. <laughs> you know, <laughs> fifty-one students need. Yeah, to that. Out. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I couldn't teach that many now, man. That's too. For many. those of you listening that that may not be familiar with teaching, fifty-one students is a whole hell of a enormous. Lot. Yeah. I teach full time. I think I have like fifteen, less yeah. than fifteen. Yeah. Fifty-one is ridiculous. That's like. All day of every day. That yeah, it was yeah. six days a week, all day long. Yeah. How long did you do that for? 51 students. Uh, I know they turn over well, quick. they hired more instructors, and so then I was able to kind of, you know, uh, kind of spread it out a little bit. And, you know, people come and go and stuff. So yeah. I, don't, I don't remember exactly, but. That's what I remember when I was teaching in a place that had that kind of, you know, cubicle ideas. Yeah. The students came and went pretty quick. Right. I would have a lot of them for a month. Maybe, and that's maybe what I've found, too. Ever since I started teaching privately from my house, my retention has gotten a lot better. Because when you're, you know, when you take lessons from an established studio or from a, a, a guitar store or whatever, you know, that's the first thing that comes up on Google. Right. So that's a little bit more of a passive, you know, kind of uh, way to sign up for lessons. Like that's more times than not a, a parent that wants lessons for their kids. Or a lower and they, quality student. Yeah. Uh, you could s- <laughs> no, that's fine. There's low quality clients. There's high quality yeah, yeah, clients. Yeah, for like, sure. But the, how it is. I had some amazing students at both at Bold and at Guitar Center. I really did. I mean, students have stuck with me for years and became really, really good players. You yeah. know, so not to kind of crap on those guys, but um, you know, when you when you as an individual are the brand of the business, then mm-hmm. people who sign up with lessons with you want to take lessons with you, which means right. that they have more. Of more a, invested, yeah. Right. They 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 want something specific and so they're you know, they're they're going in more actively. Yeah. So what about you, Driz? How many te- how many students are you teaching right now? I don't have as many students at the moment. Oh, summer yeah. has been uh pretty dogged this year. It's gnarly, man. I didn't yeah. I didn't lose too many for summer, maybe a couple, but I, I did because of the gigging and stuff, I scaled down. I'm just teaching Monday through Wednesday. I yeah. lost like seven so. students in one week. Jeez. Yeah, it was gnarly. Because, I mean, just logistical issues. People have summer right. camps and yeah. vacations. Well, I think, I think one thing that's played in this year is people want to do a lot of stuff in summer and money's tighter. Right. So it's that's just true. like, okay, all right, goodbye, lessons. Go. Yeah. 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 Yeah, dude. And they're all wanting to fund their vacations and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah true. Yeah, the summer slump in lessons is, is, can be pretty big, but it always picks back up. It does. That's so, true. yeah, I've been, I've been fortunate enough to have um, – See, I have, I have three private students, and three private students is like, you know, an extra six hundred dollars a month, which is yeah, yeah. I don't have nice, very many private you know. ones either. I have two, I think, right now. So, yeah. So, not a lot, but. so um, I always like to ask this question to all our guests, and I don't know if we've ever talked about gas stations before, <laughs> but having to be on the road a lot, what is yeah. your favorite gas station? To date that you've been to oh. before you answer let me ask have you ever have you guys played texas or anywhere we i don't think we've done texas okay i mean so we've then the gone correct far- answer won't be your answer but that's because okay. <laughs> we've heard from everyone that's played texas from that area there okay. is a correct answer so that i want to know what what's the Bucky's. best one bucky oh i've yeah. been to bucky's okay so. that's they're not just in texas oh they're, really how far, yeah, they're starting how far, to expand they're talking about they they're, they're talking about doing one in charlotte dude dude we're gonna about go it. but you know when we're gonna go we're gonna go when we go to oklahoma because we're gonna fuck <laughs> yeah bucky's, dude right right exactly yeah we're gonna tell me about it i've never been I've heard so many people on this podcast say good things about it, but I've heard it's like the size of a Walmart. They sell like furniture and shit. I don't remember it being much different than any like the Wawa's and the Speedy or maybe. whatever when it's called. Like a while ago, I guess. I don't maybe remember, man. Dude, there's so many gas stations. Yeah. You know, it's, pilots are all the same as the Loves is all it's, the same. Yeah, they got showers. Yeah, 
We've never had to do a, a, a gas station shower yet. No, we usually when we're on the road, I think we've been fortunate enough. There's usually usually someone we're hotels. staying with that has a shower or a hotel or uh, let's see, what's the other thing that we've come across? Green rooms that have showers occasionally. Yes, but I don't remember ever using one. We've been in a couple that had them, but we never used them. I didn't. Yeah. They, yeah, because the showers... The is you get out of there so late that the venue staff is like, get the fuck out, get the fuck out. And you're yeah, like, exactly. well, like, when are we supposed to use this thing? Like, yeah. Before you go on stage, which is before you're sweating. Before you're gross, yeah. Because what, what a lot of people don't like, like when we go out on stage, we go out. There's no point in taking a shower before we play. No, dude, no. Yeah. You're ruined after, after an L.A. maybe show. I'm drenched. Dude. dude, there's salt deposits on our guitars. Like, there's salt yeah. deposits on this table. Yeah. <laughs> like... And we're not even playing. Like I have to, like, like, oh, my guitar, where this part of my arm sits, it builds up, like, Starts you could changing mine colors. It, I think. Yeah, it's yeah. insane. Yeah, so I gigged, I gigged, I've only gigged that, uh, that new guitar in Europe and brought it back. The black and, one? The black one, yeah. The, the T46, like, 335 style Eastman that I got. And, uh, and it is, it's got beat marks on it, dude. That's From good. just I love that. the five or six shows. Like, I love that. Dude. I mean, we go, we go. Hard okay. on that stage. Hardest we ever went. Let's say it on three. See if we say the same thing. You ready? Wait, wait. Let me think about the hardest we ever went. Uh, shit. It's been a I lot of times. I don't know, dude. I don't well, know. Right, what was our best show, you think, ever? Our best show ever. Yeah. Man. You're thinking too hard. Was it was it a player one up? I would say Spain. Spain? Yeah, okay, yeah, 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 never mind. Yeah, that was... Just because you did. That's, I mean, that's awesome. The show was insane, man. See, but I don't remember that much from that show. But we went, we, but we, all I remember about that one is we had a little little powwow beforehand, and we were like, guys, we're, we're going out on 10. That's yeah. the phrase we kept saying, we're going yeah. out on 10. And we went out on fucking 10. Like, we mm-hmm. started at a max, and we did not stop for the whole time. We played a long show. That was like an hour and a half to two hours we played. Yeah, almost two hours. And then the treatment played after us, and they also came out on 10, and it was so fun to see, man. It was like, yeah. that's a band, dude. That's dude, a band. And, I know, was, those guys rocked. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a wild time. They were so loud, man. Yeah. Because they were playing those double stacks. We were just playing our quads. They yeah. were playing double stacks. Rock, Their bass rock. player, by the way, is like almost seven feet tall. Wow. He's like looking over the double stack. <laughs> They're the tallest band I've ever seen, man. All of them. Like, the shortest one was, like, a couple inches taller than me. And, like, they were all just, like, you're standing in a circle around. I'm like, what's up, guys? Like, yeah. They're yeah, really nice. Yeah, they, they UK were, band. They were ex- The treatment. You should check them out. They're really cool, man. Really good, uh, like, ACDC kind of Nice. Nice. But they came out all black leather and just the singers just going nuts, getting the crowd into it. And they just, they just came out hard. And that's yeah. what we've, we've yeah. been playing around with tons of other bands. And we've been observing and watching and learning. And, what are these bands doing that we can take as, as, as an inspiration for ourselves? And right. how can we take a bit of that professionalism that, that a lot of these bands have, like Buck Cherry, Steel Panther? So I think the biggest you know? thing is setting the atmosphere and ending strong. Setting the atmosphere at the beginning of the, the show. The beginning and the end, yeah. Yeah. It's like we a learned good, that from our friends in Seven Year Witch. Right, exactly. So setting the atmosphere in the beginning of the show doesn't mean just going jumping right into the song. You got to get them pumped. You got to like build the atmosphere. You got to have. You need people to t- that are sitting at the bar to turn their head and be like, "All right, what's what's going on here? I got to I got to check this out." You yeah, know? for sure. 
Do you guys have anything like? Do you have some sort of stage intro or something for the stranger? We do. We have a track that we play, but it's yeah. it's uh, it's something that Billy does as well. So we have it's a oh, track nice. called the Natural. We've actually we've got quite a few tracks. Um, some of which are little solo piano things that Billy's done in the past. But it's a very the one we use most often is very orchestral, and so you know it kind of like starts soft and then it builds up and gets kind of intense, and then mm-hmm. at the end it kind of trickles and, and then you, you know and then it fades yeah. and then we come in. He says, "What's up, everybody?" and then we go into the song oh that's fun you guys do one of my favorite endings ever you do the snl oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was one of the greatest ideas ever man. i love so, that man it's yeah we so fire good. that track at the very end and it's yeah it's awesome that man I, I forget the guy's name but the saxophone player is oh just yeah he's the md for that band abso- too which is kind of crazy yeah that's yeah. odd for they, me. dude usually I, it's a pianist or i don't remember what it is but those guys make like 40 grand a, a show or something like that's that awesome, each man. it's nuts snl for for our overseas listeners i've talked to a bunch of people from the uk they, they don't have any idea what it is it's very mm-hmm. American. It's Saturday yeah. Night Live. It's a really popular comedy show that's been on since like 1975, 77, something like that. And its heyday was definitely not the first 20, yeah. <laughs> 20 years or no, well, so. No, well, see, I love the I love the Will Ferrell and the, and the um and that era as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there were some good ones. Was, yeah, that's There's when you theory. started having. I think that's when you started to have to dig a little bit more. I've listened to a lot of people talk about SNL on a lot of different comedy podcasts, and they all say that what you think is uh, the best era. Right, whatever you think is the best era is typically whatever era you saw as as like when you were coming up. Yeah, which for me nostalgia. would have been the Will Ferrell, the Tina Fey, that era, and that's what I think is like one of the best ones. You know, like I don't, yeah. So I didn't I see know, those because my mom always ones. went out and rented the old VHS cassettes of like the greatest Saturday Night Lives right. with like Steve Martin, Martin were, Short. That's how I was introduced. Them, was like what were the, the ones before them? Like the Chevy greatest Chase or whatever. Yeah, Chevy Chase. And, uh, who were some of the others around? Uh, this the time? Blues, the Blues Brothers were. Oh, um, um, uh, Belushi. Were they on there? John Belushi. Yeah, two of them. John and Jim. Yeah, John and Jim. Yeah. Yeah, man. John Belushi, I think, was the... But SNL is, is responsible. I mean, Americans are like, we get it. But anyone overseas, it's responsible for launching a bunch, thank you, of uh, comedians. Eddie Murphy, Adam Sandler. Like, I mean, dude, so many people. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. Boom. Let me get in on this. Cheers, boys, is the official LA Maybe cheer, courtesy of... Foz, Foz, no. Foz, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We'd be in... <laughs> I went laugh. straight into my lung, dude. <laughs> I, I, fucked Fuck. you, I fucked you pretty good there. No, um, so anyways, um, we, we were in... Uh, Germany, was it Germany? Munich. Yeah, we were in Germany in uh, Prost, right? Is, yeah, uh, Prost, yeah. Or Post. Cheers in German. No, Prost, yeah. You said it right. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of more like Prost. Yeah. yeah, gotcha. So anyways... <laughs> Everyone's like, yeah, post. And he's just like, cheers, boys. <laughs> yeah, so, and then we're in Spain and they're like, salud. And we're like, cheers, boys. <laughs> and then we're in the UK and they go, cheers. You know, so. Man. Uh, let's hear, let's hear, let's talk tour stories. Because I know we're, we're relatively new to touring ourselves. We've had some fun times and some fun, you know. We've had some good experiences going overseas and stuff that I know a lot of bands don't get to experience, which we're really grateful for. But <coughs> well, I'll, I'll, tell, you that, your I'll tell you this one. This is uh, more of a road story, just being on the road since you bring up gas stations. Um, this was somewhat recent. We were on the freeway, and we're, of course, driving through the mountains, and there's that stretch of like 100 miles with just absolutely nothing you know is this like the i-40 and corridor something like that i don't, I don't remember Through where like we Tennessee were and shit but uh yeah so we're driving through the mountains and i have to shit so bad <laughs> i mean it was just like one of, it was one of those things this where only ends good i'm clenching and i'm just sitting up like this you know are you and, driving 
Yeah, I was driving uh, the truck. And just so, go right there and so just we don't have say a, anything until somebody right, smells so it. Right, so we have a we have a pickup truck and a trailer. And oh, you do two? two. Oh, oh, you're doing the one. Oh, I see, I see. And so uh, I, I, I pull up my phone and I look at the maps and I'm looking for uh, the nearest gas station or somewhere to go to the bathroom. And it's, I mean, it's like a solid 30 minutes to oh, the nearest Jesus, thing. Dude. And I'm just like, I'm not going to make it. And so I end up pulling over. And I straight up just like squat next to the trailer and just there's cars flying by. And it's like, dude, I mean, what are you going to do in that situation? You know, <laughs> you don't have so, any choices. Yeah. But here's my question. Why are you in that situation? <laughs> I, I mean, there had you never been a moment in the eight hours of buildup. Listen, man, when you're on the road, you're eating nothing but fast food. So it just hits you hard. You know, the Taco yeah. Bell hits and there's nothing you can do. The Taco Bell hits, man. Oh, God, I felt the horrible after that Taco Bell that we had that night. Where was that? Heading from that was when it was snowing. That was from between Alabama and Mississippi. Yeah, Al- yeah, yeah, yeah. dude. Uh, Taco Bell's never my first choice. No, I don't never. like Taco Bell. I like if we stop, like I know my order, but nah, dude, not Mm-mm. for me. Nope, because nope. it does hit you pretty hard. Like, yeah, that's so, not a myth. <laughs> so I have a similar story. Uh, we were driving up to Virginia, and I'm like, oh, my guts were churning, and I was like, all right, Dallas, find find something on the GPS, dude. Like I got I got a shit, dude. No, Foz was up front because Foz yeah. Foz has to sit up front. Shotgun, <laughs> at least had driving? to. Were you driving? This was the this was back the Forerunner days when we were driving oh, yeah, the Forerunner yeah, 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 with yeah, the yeah. trailer, yeah. and uh, and so anyways, uh, those were tight. I was tight like, days. I had the same thing. I'm like, oh fuck, this this is this is hitting hard. I remember that run. It was you, the three of us in the tr- in the Forerunner. That was yeah, the first time we ever played Scandals. Yeah, 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 Scandals. That's right. And uh, so anyways, uh, find a gas station, and thank God it was a pilot because pilot has like really nice, yeah, decent facilities. Yeah, decent. for sure. And like 16 stalls. Yeah. yeah. There's always something open. Just takes so them right every, next to the guy that's already in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and everyone everyone is like, okay, uh, I guess I'm just going to go to the bathroom. I'm thinking, fuck, man, everyone's going to go to the bathroom. This is going to be bad, I remember bad, this now. Dude. I remember. This is going to be bad. I didn't know that so, was – we weren't that far from home. No, no. no. We were remember, like an hour and a we half. Like Charlotte or outside. Yeah, we, we were kind of um, – Like Canapolis 85. or something. No, we had passed Kannapolis. We were kind of closer to uh, on our way to Greensboro. Shit. Yeah, we were we were uh, getting closer to Greensboro. Yeah, yeah. Everyone listening that's not from here is like, "What the fuck are they talking about?" Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, uh, I get into the stall, and I just all I did was, was let go. You know what I'm just talking about. Holding. You just let go. Yeah. You're not even pushing. You're just not. And right. It was, it was one of those. It was you one of those. lift the, the, the gate. Of exactly. The castle, right. I'm gonna, I'm the gonna moat ch- just. I'm going to try to do the, the, the best, best impression. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's one of those. It's short but explosive. Right. Where it's just like. So, yeah. so explosive. It's like. Uh, and it was, dude, it was fucking dogged, dude, man. That shit stinks. You got to wipe all your so legs from the splashback. Fucking bad. There's a scene in. Uh, Parks, Parks and Rec, where they wake up the next morning after having food poisoning, and Nick Offerman says a line I'll never forget. He says, "I cracked the bottom of the toilet bowl." <laughs> I, I almost, I almost, <laughs> almost, I almost had beer come out. Of I, I watched nose. that happen in real time. That would have stung so bad. You probably still are tasting <laughs> I, I it. I yeah. still feel it. Oh, yeah. I see it in your face. You're like, <laughs> well, I made you, I made you choke earlier, and now you made beer. Who made come me out spit take? Nostrils. Do you remember that? <laughs> Y'all have crapped so hard that you popped your back. <laughs> I have. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> no, but now I, now I have a new goal. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I don't think so. 
set the bar pretty high. Yes, high bar. I still got to do behind the trailer, and now I got to pop my back. Both. You knocked that out two for one. There you go. Yeah, that, I'd be impressed. Yeah, a two for one. Yeah, dude, that that'd be the worst two for one ever. Along with the new episode of Tour Shits. <laughs> Tour Shits. Yeah, <laughs> with the LA baby. <laughs> Change this logo right now. You never the know, logo man. Draws itself, dude. People are into some weird shit. <coughs> and I'm that's still gotta, choking on that. That's got to be a new. That's got to be a new question when we have guests on. Like, what's the craziest like tour shit story oh, you've God, ever had? Dude. Everyone's got to have one, right? I mean, everyone goes to the bathroom. You know? No, false, common misconception. <laughs> yeah, girls don't poop. <laughs> that's, that's right. They don't there fart we either. Well, that's not true. We're all silent. <laughs> what were we talking about? Locker rooms earlier? <laughs> locker rooms? <laughs> oh, man. oh, man. What do you guys have coming up gig-wise? Uh, actually, this coming weekend, we have some of the biggest gigs that we do. We have the Clyde Theater, which is owned by Sweetwater Music, which That's is really the, cool. That's the one in uh, Fort Wayne, right? Yeah. 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 I've and, heard really um, good things. Yeah, so it's basically like the Fillmore, but a little bit larger. And um, what was cool is last time we played there, the CEO of Sweetwater came out, and he brought his wife, and they were telling us that usually when he comes out, they stick around for two or three songs and leave, and they stayed for the whole three-hour show. Oh, so they really, awesome, really man. liked us. Remember, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. I remember and, you telling me about yeah, that. Yeah, it was a it was a packed house. You and, said it's all, like, techie, and, like, it's got all the latest stuff. They have know? a uh, – well, yeah, and, like, their crew, I mean, they've been on just amazing tours and stuff. Like, these are top-notch guys. And uh, they have a vending machine, a Sweetwater vending machine in the venue that has, like, hard drives and 58s and, you know, like, just music gear in a in a vending machine, which was I thought awesome. was pretty cool. But, yeah, so, so last yeah. time they picked us up in a Sprinter van and took us over to the facility. And, we got, I mean, it's like Google over there, like, working for Google. They've got, like, chiropractors and, and pediatricians – or not pediatricians, but doctors and, and um, you know, all, all kinds they've, – they've got a slide that takes you from – upstairs to downstairs and stuff and they've got a music shop in there as well and they had some really nice pianos like ninety thousand dollar pianos um so that was cool to check out but the vet the the venue's awesome um and then the night after that is the biggest show that we do called connor prairie just outside of indianapolis it's in fishers indiana indianapolis yeah um and uh i think the last time we played there there was thirteen thousand. that's awesome man huge yeah and um they were the the first time we played there there was their their capacity is technically ten thousand, and um, there were I mean people were getting their cars towed and stuff because there was nowhere to park and and it, it turned into a whole mess. But they said that there were they turned down enough people that it would have been twenty. Nice, and, yeah, that's and sick. Uh, and I mean that's not really I mean Billy's name is really what does that. It's not us, right? You know? Yeah, um, sure. I mean we put on a great show, but right. uh, well, so like. I've always thought with tribute bands, like the name, the Billy Joel or Guns N' Roses or Journey or whatever it is, is that's the marquee value. That's what gets people in the door. Right. It's almost like a cheat code. It's almost like a hack. But if you do it really, really well that's what and you have a back. following, that's, that's when you get the really back. big yeah. shows. Yeah. Exactly. Because, I mean, the, the, the name, just the fact that it's a tribute to a big act will get the venues to hire you. Right. But the way to get a good crowd is to... Do have, a real, yeah. to, to do it justice. Y'all, y'all are, really well. correct me if I'm wrong, but y'all are either the first or second largest, biggest, or biggest 
Billy Joel tribute. We get some of the most work. We get some of the most work. We're also, um, we've made connections with, uh, so there's another Billy Joel tribute that's more closely related to Billy called Big Shot, um, Mike Del Judas' band. And Mike Del Judas, through that band, ended up um, getting invited to do soundcheck for Billy. Like their band went out and did soundcheck for Billy. And um, they, Billy liked them so much. So they came out and sat down on the instruments and just, you know, just, just, Checked levels so and stuff, so they didn't have to. Yeah, and that was a like recurring gig, or they did that for one show. No, or? I think it was just a one-time thing. But okay. Billy ended up walking in, and then he walks up to Del Judas and heard him singing and stuff, and he's like, "Hey, do you play guitar?" And he's like, "Yeah." He's like, "Can you play my stuff?" He said, "Yeah." So now Del Judas plays rhythm guitar and sings background vocals for Billy Joel. That's interesting. And um, it's cool that works. That probably yeah. doesn't happen that often, I would think. So we've we've played a number of gigs where we've. Um, you know when we're so they're based out of New York, and so we've played a few gigs out, you know, in the Northeast, where uh, we've had to have substitute players come in, and so we've used some of the guys and some of the crew and everything that are tied to those guys, and so we've got kind of a relationship with them, and we know a lot of with them the camp, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, you know, we, who knows what'll happen when. Uh, you know, because Billy's 71, 72, something like that. He's got a monthly residency at Madison Square Garden, which he's say, the yeah. only artist to ever do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, at once well, I mean, a, he's, it's his home. One, like, yeah, you know I mean? so yeah. once a month he, he sells out the garden. And he said uh, – Pretty good monthly. I, I could be wrong, but mm-hmm. I, I, he's quoted in saying that, like, the moment that it doesn't sell out, then he's going to stop. So that's kind of uh, – you know, But it'll – it'll, it'll, I mean, people, tra- yeah. people from all over the yeah. world yeah. travel yeah. to New York to go see that show. Sure. Yeah. What if he's one ticket short? He's like, oh, fuck. I'm <laughs> yeah. no, that's, it. that's it. I'm done. Mom didn't come yep. today, damn it. Yep. <laughs> right. Right. No, but – Mom's know. like, damn it, Billy, I've seen it. I'm good. <laughs> but both he and Elton are getting God up there, you know. Are they the same age? I feel like Elton's older. I think Elton is older. Yeah, I thought so. But, you know – Do they still play together ever? I remember that big tour they did. My mom went to that. They did two of them. They did two yeah, face-to-face to tours. I, I kind of doubt they'll ever do it again. Um, well, Elton's supposedly on his last run. Yeah, we'll see. Well, they always say that. Right. I but think, at some point, it will be their last run. Right. He's, he's said that a few times, I think. But uh, actually, there's a funny quote where, you know, uh, so Billy's last record was River of Dreams in 93. and uh, He hadn't put out a new record Elton's since then? Since 93. Is yeah. he planning on it or no? Uh, no, he's wow. done. He's, he's basically said, I've said what I needed to say, and he's, he's done. So Henry Rollins said that as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, Elton John said to Billy, you know, or or said to somebody about Billy, said, you know, he needs to put out more albums. And Billy, as a rebuttal, said, you need to put out less. Because <laughs> yep. you know, he's just True putting out. Cases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no. Elton's doing all the collabs with like Eminem and Ariana Grande. I know, all man. Kinds he's, of crazy he's just, he has this, yeah, he, he's, he's just always working. Um, it's, it's, but it's you know, always it's phenomenal. Yeah, do whatever you want. He's amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah, man. Oh, I'm thinking of Stevie Wonder. Um, never mind. But yeah, you know who knows. So they're they're getting up there. So when that you know when you can't go see the real thing anymore, then that could turn into um, to some kind of growth. For That's us. a great point. That's something There's, that comes up in a lot of interviews I've done for this band, and that is the within the next ten, fifteen, twenty years, yeah. all of these music because rock specifically rock as a genre is quite young. Sure. I mean, the oldest band we could. Not counting like Elvis and stuff. You have the Beatles and Zeppelin, let's say. Yeah. Black Sabbath, maybe. And most of those guys are still alive. Don't forget Buddy Holly. At least some of them. Right. (laughs) You can always go back. But um, so, I mean, within one lifetime of one human being. Not very many people are doing kind of the style of rock that you guys are doing. So it's like when those artists aren't going anymore. My question question is like, all these people are going to die at some point. Right. We We got 
Jimmy Page still kicking. Paul McCartney still kicking. They're they're probably the oldest we have. Yeah. But then even younger than that, you have the Motley Crues, the Guns N' Roses, and then older well, you have Rolling Stones, Aerosmith. Those styles like, all are, these guys are in their seventies. I think Rolling Stones are probably actually the oldest. But I think for some reason, <laughs> <laughs> my favorite meme of all time. You ready for this? We have to start wor- or Keith Richards' grandchildren have to start worrying about what kind of world they're going to leave for Keith Richards. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> You seen yeah. the picture of like the the meme with Keith Richards and a little kid, and it says like Keith Richards teaching uh, Willie Nelson how to play guitar. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I love all these Keith Richards memes. But my, I bring I bring this up in so many interviews. It comes up in almost every single one. Like like what is the purpose of the LA maybe and it, that is to pick up the torch after all these people are gone. Yeah, and I think the style is coming back, you know. I think that like there's a lot of 80s influence in modern pop that's coming back in in 70s well, and yeah, it's great seven, and, and yeah, and and 70s and 80s and the rock stuff too, you know. Yeah. Um, I've heard a lot of like pop rock bands throwing in all kinds of 80s kind of stuff. So so one thing fun I I, I go I like to go through all the comments you know, a lot of people say never go through the comments, but we don't we really get every we single don't, comment. We don't we really ever. Every we don't really ever get bad comments. It's Even usually the, the last one or two. Yeah, and then out of like hundreds, <laughs> my favorite is someone. You guys suck, and I'll just be like, "Thanks, man." <laughs> like we reply to every comment. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, so, anyways, going through the comments and and uh, uh, God damn, I forgot what I was going to say. No, that one that you replied to today. Oh well, that. Yeah, we, a long one. I think my favorite one. reply that I saw of you guys was somebody had something foul to say, and you were like, "I bet you're fun at parties." Oh yeah, I see. I don't okay, so so shit, I so. took I took a screenshot. Don't slam me because I'll slam you worse. I took a screenshot of my favorite comment. Okay, I'm gonna please read, read this. I'm Your flashlight's read. on, by the way, dude. Oh dang, that's why my battery's you're like jo- you're dead. just joking that battery. That's not yeah. the right word. Yeah. All right. So, anyways, so I took a screenshot of this comment. Please read this comment. By the way, this is an old comment. I replied to this one a long time ago. Yeah. So read read what. It said, and then read what I so, said, and then what you said. So this person actually, uh, <laughs> this person actually sent two comments. This is but on here's the, when the first I'm gone one. Video, worth yeah, saying. yeah, when I'm gone, uh, I suggest this band change their name to L.A. Maybe Not because they are banned in L.A. They can't play here anymore. It's because the day after this band plays a concert in Los Angeles, two things happen. First, all the beer is gone, all dried up. They drink it all. Second, all the women in L.A. walk around cross-eyed and bow-legged. This band had to be banned from our fine city for rocking too hard, drinking up all our beer and cornholing all our women. Cornholing all the women, yeah. I got words for them. Canadian tour. I got two words for them. Canadian tour. So, first of all, we've never been to L.A. Yeah. Yet. That's a great point. Yeah, it's worth saying for sure. Oh, I'm so fucking red, you know, like a lobster. So, yeah, yeah. It's a, so th- this person also I found same 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 name sent another comment, and these ones just stood out to me as so like creative and hilarious. This guy was funny. Yeah, I hope these guys brought their backwoods off repellent. <laughs> They'll need that good kind with the deet too. Again, this is for the when I'm gone music video, yeah, which, which we're outside one, on yeah. a river. Yeah. Uh, the kind with the deep too, not the organic safe for the environment shit. Because <laughs> when you're jamming in the deep woods by the river, you're very susceptible to bug bites. We're talking deer ticks, fleas, chiggers, and crotch crabs. <laughs> crotch crabs? Yeah. Nice. You just can't be too safe. This band is called LA Maybe. However, they're not from LA. They're from South Carolina. 
They're banned from playing those Los Angeles from playing Los Angeles because everybody knows those Carolina good old boys are looking for only two things when they come to California, and that's ice cold beer and coral. This <laughs> guy, <laughs> <Sky>, dude. <laughs> You discovered these today, though, but they've been there for, like, nine months or something. I know, dude. Well, so I feel like what's crazy is because the last time I went through all the comments were a few months ago. And a lot of the comments that are saying year old, I've never seen. And I'm like, this is crazy. You might not not see them because I reply to them. And sometimes when they reply, they get kind of like... Like no, off, I'll go. No, I'll go down to the bottom. <laughs> so you you literally just go through all of them. Yeah, right? I will literally go down okay. to the bottom because I've never seen these, and and yeah. and I try to like and, and engage every single yeah, one. Yeah, I noticed. Yeah. So it was like it was like I'm like, is this like have they been throttled back or something, and then held and 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 then come out because there's been a lot that know, I've no, never still, seen, and I go there, through. Yeah. I do this you know every few months to see what comments have come. Because every comment we get on on pretty much any platform, I'll like and reply to, which. I have heard from more than one person that we are pretty unique in the fact that we do that and that people like that a lot because they feel like they're talking to us. And they are. They're literally talking. Like, we don't have a social media guy. Mm-hmm. Like, you're talking to fucking yep. me. Like, <laughs> when you write, like, you guys suck ass. You sound just like fucking ACDC. And I write, you're, I bet you're fun at parties. Like, that's just me. When like, I clearly not, have I clearly have my Driz separate from the LMA because you'll see all the LA Maybe replies right. from the and LA Maybe account. Yeah, separate, yeah. And then you'll see Driz replying to some of them. But I, I always thumbs up the ones that are, you know, even yeah. just like nice, loved it. Yeah, I'll thumb, I thumbs up everything, you know. So yeah, for sure. And it creates engagement. You know, people see, oh, they respond to yeah. this. They see the video again, and maybe they're like, oh, I'll send this to somebody because they're thinking about it, and they're like, oh, my friend might like this. You know, I'm trying to think, you know, like exponentially, like one right. like might might be twenty views. You know. Well, you know what I've been surprised by is how many people comment. Um, oh, SRX, the game brought me here. Or yes. oh, Outlaw Racing trailer brought me here. Yeah. That's how I found out we were in the trailer of it. I didn't know we were in the trailer. I knew we were in the game because we just signed the deal, but they were in the trailer. And mm-hmm. then SRX, we signed the deal, and you and I buy the game, and we're sitting in my house, and we boot it up, and we're the title track. Yeah, <laughs> like, dude, it was so wild. Which is why we Mr. were flipping Dazer out. Still to and they found the you, did like, Kind of, yeah. Drew Cyphers from Amos's. Yeah. He's the, re- he's the reason that we're in touch with them at all, and the reason we have had such an amazing relationship with Monster Games is because they had posted something that Fusebox Poet was a part of. Uh, and it was a bigger game. It was the actual NASCAR Heat, one of the mm-hmm. big like EA yeah. games, NASCAR yeah. Heat. And they had posted something and said, like, hey, we need artists, blah, 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 blah. Drew tagged me. I was like, hey, man, submit. So I submitted. And they came back and were like, hey, we don't, we're not going to use you for NASCAR Heat, but we have this other game, Tony Stewart Racing, and we want to use you for that. We want to use Peace of Mind. This was the Goliath version. I was like, yeah, cool, let's do it. So we did it. That was our first time with them. Uh, then they, that was it. Thought it was it. Uh, a few months later, six, they always come back every six to 12 months. They come back yep. and send me an email. Hey, man, new game. Uh, you got any new music? And Dirty Damn Tricks had just come out, or it was about to. So I sent them the whole album because I was like, I could send them one track, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to send them the whole album and be like, you pick whatever you want. Yeah. They picked four. Yeah, they picked four. Yeah, we, we had, we were the only the, band the other with four band, songs the, that game. The other band that had more, more than one was two. Two songs. We had four Fusebox songs was on in that, that as well. Yeah. By the way, your new favorite band, Fusebox Poet. You guys should check them out. Yeah, Our check, good buddy, yeah, Drew check Cyphers. Out. Check them out. Um, just an amazing guy, and he's the singer for that band. Incredible vocalist. Uh, but they don't do anything anymore, which sucks. I always give them shit, but they're Also the Billy Joel band. tribute, The Stranger. There yes. you go. There yep. you go. <laughs> yeah. Our new yeah. favorite band, Fuck Fred, is... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, seriously. I, I've seen the show. It's a killer show. Phenom- I did the, the video World. editing with you guys that day. You and me yeah. sat there for like six hours editing you that did. It was incredible. Daryl mixed it, and you helped yeah. me with the video. Incredible. That's right. 
Incredible yeah, stuff. so I got to give a shout out. If uh, if you uh, so Fred you have the chance to see the stranger, go see Fred. Him. While we while we got you here for our non paid viewers, um, it's the stranger. Y'all play all over. Um, it's a tribute to Billy Joel. If you guys didn't, pick yeah, that up. Yep. but it's but uh, let me say this before I have you kind of d- give your spiel. I've seen them live many times now, I've and never seen they are they. They're Other than the video. World-class musicians. They do it oh, yeah. phenomenally. I've seen the face-to-face. If, if you get a chance to see the face-to-face, that's the, that's the icing on top of everything. It's already an amazing dessert, musical dessert. This is gross. Yeah. Your metaphor no, sucks. No, yeah. <laughs> fuck you, dude. Anyways. I would uh, use steak. <laughs> steak. So, fuck you. You know what? Actually, I should have used steak because I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm savory. It's beautiful filet mignon. Yeah. And, so, if, you get, and if you get... The face to face is just a nice bacon wrapped filet mignon, right? With, with mushroom sauce. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. There we go. God damn, you one up. You one up me again. You've been one upped. It's it's uh, too common of, of shit. too common of occurrence. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm just gonna own it. I'm gonna I'm gonna be a man. You remember that time? Side note, real quick, where somebody asked, walked up to us and asked us, "Who's the better guitar player?" And you and I, without missing a beat, both go, "He is." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Anyway, back because to it's true. <laughs> because it's true. Yeah, there you go. What a dick question. I think about that once a week, dude. What a dick that guy was. Why would you do that? <laughs> Some people to, just like to watch so the division. world burn. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Just walk up, just light a match, walk away. Yeah, those guys. Like yeah. we have a lot of fun with them. We call them goobers. You've met them. You, yeah, you, you know, know tons, you know you tons know goobers. of goobers, Dave. The guys that come up and just suck your time and suck your soul away, yeah. and you're just like, please, and they're no, drunk. My my favorite is the dudes who come up and like try to stand up on stage. We're in the middle of a song, <sighs> and they'll go to my band leader and be like, "Do you know any Bob Dylan?" <laughs> <laughs> you know where you are. It's a Billy Joel tribute band. There's thirteen thousand people. Get the fuck off the stage. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt your spiel. Uh, Dave. Yeah, so Dave, anyways, we'll call you Dave now. <laughs> Dave, yeah, it's Dave, nice. Uh, no longer sharper image, thank God. It's, yeah, I'll no, take Dave. Dave, sharper image, Driz. <laughs> Fuck that dude. <laughs> I'm ditching sharper image ASAP, dude. Uh, so, anyways, no, that's a good story. Actually, you should go watch it. Episode, episode twenty-seven, I think. Seven, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, the stranger. <laughs> the stranger. No, they, it's a killer show. Phenomenal musicians, and uh, it's a great time from beginning to end. Yeah. Um. And they more than do Billy Justice. I mean, it's it's killer. It's they more than time. do Billy Joe Justice. They do Billy. The icing on the cake is that Mike, my band leader, mm-hmm. his voice sounds, I'm, I mean, like identical to Billy Joel. That's um, awesome, man. And so, you know, uh, there'll be times where I'll be in a in a grocery store and hear, like, just the way you are, come on. And it's like, that That sounds, that, that's Mike. Because you're that's just sitting there in your ears. Like yeah, that. I mean, it blows my mind. Because I listen to him more than I actually listen to Billy's records. Sure. Because at this point... You know, I know you all the songs. All. So, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because I listen to that music once or twice a week, you know, like just on the regular. And so um, by playing it and, yeah, it blows my mind listening to those records because it's like he has really, really nailed that down. He sounds yeah. just like the guy. Um, Is and, that kind of – was that kind of natural for him or was that something he tr- – he- tried to dial in and that's well that's kind of why i think well he's, all, turn he's, it off he's been question. so he's from long island he he actually okay, so grew up yeah. right down the street from billy's house and yeah. he uh he was a big fan for his whole life and um yeah you know what's amazing to me is he didn't make a living as a professional piano player um up until joining the band i remember you told and, me this. this is why yeah and so he you know without having the classical training that's required to play that music he just, because he was doing the band, buckled down and had such a good ear and such a strong motivation that he forced himself to learn that stuff. And now he plays every single song, like, to the T every night 
and it's it's it really is amazing that he's able to do what what he did. That's um, awesome, man. Yeah, I want to catch you guys live. You should. Oh, dude. Let me yeah. know when. when it's, it's, are... That's the thing that sucks about being a musician, though. Like, you can never when you want to see, like, dude, you're I probably playing. Remember, I had tickets to see the Black Crows. Yeah. My, one mm-hmm. of my, my second favorite band of all time. Yeah. And we couldn't go. Because, one, we had a gig that day, and then, two, the pandemic happened and it got canceled. And then we had a gig the day it was rescheduled for. It's yep. like, I can't go. Yep. I gave my tickets to Ashton. I think he went. <laughs> but yeah. Dirty Honey was opening. That was for that tour. That's wild. Yeah. So, um, so Fred, um, well, let me ask you this. Where can people find out your dates? Where can they go to... Uh, Our website is thestrangerlive.com. The Stranger Live. And uh, what about social media and stuff like that? We do have a Facebook page. We're, not, we're actually not very present on social media. So we'll, you, know, you can find some videos and find information on our Facebook page, Billy Joel, uh, Billy Joel Tribute the Stranger featuring Mike Santoro. Um, but the, most of the information is going to be on our actual website. Okay, yeah. awesome. Tour yeah. dates, et cetera. Yeah. 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 Nice. Uh, and also, where can people follow you? Follow me? Yeah. Well, my Instagram is at Fred Uptograft. That's F-R-E-D-U-P-D-E-G-R-A-F-T. I got him to say and spell his name. See? Yep. Full yeah, circle. we did no, it. I got we him, too. So time time is, I told you mentally. And then time you is relative. <laughs> Fuck it, dude. <laughs> time is fucking not linear, brother. <laughs> Time's not linear, bro. I mean, if there's one thing for real. Give me the drunk voice. What the fuck are you talking about, dude? You know what I'm saying? Is time's not linear, dude. All right, Fred, come on. What's your best? That was good. That was pretty that was goddamn really good. good. <laughs> that was pretty fucking good. That was a real drunk voice. He'd take a sip. That's the real thing. <laughs> Fred's like, what's my drunk voice? It's this right here. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I would give you my drunk voice, but I can't speak because I'm drinking. <laughs> <laughs> fucking ace, dude. Just one. The whole game. That's how you play the, the game. Smart, not hard. Yeah, I'm always, I'm always the opposite. Play hard. <laughs> that's one of our new songs, dude. Yeah, dude, that's nice. right. That's right. That's a teaser. Well, hard, not smart. <laughs> I play hard, not smart. Oh man, I shouldn't laugh at my own jokes like that. You shouldn't. No, you do. It's yeah, all right. I just do, dude. I just laugh all the time, man. I'm just fucking. We were talking and about laugh. something before. About the fuck was it? We were talking about the stranger, right? No, but it was before we got into the actual specific. Spiel about the stranger. Oh, the comments. Yeah, comments. Did we wrap up that conversation? I think so. Oh, no. Well, I, I couldn't remember what I wanted to say. It, it was something along the lines of, like, keeping Rock alive, but also being, you know. Oh, with the, the heroes dying and stuff. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Heroes dying. Yeah. Yeah. You bring up a really interesting point, though, about where tribute bands fall in that yeah, when the, well, when the big a, boys retire. There's a Pink you know? Floyd tribute band Brit Floyd, called right? Brit Floyd. That's I know, right. Uh, Ryan, yeah. Yeah, Saranich. Yeah. yeah. Um, they, yeah, so, you know, they're out of the UK. He has obviously. a studio right, like, down the hall from me. <laughs> We're yeah. in the same room. <laughs> yeah, he just moved back recently, didn't he? Yeah, he's in Charlotte. He's not yeah. at home, though, because they're always on the road. Yeah. They play, like, but they play arenas. legitimate tours. They, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, they yeah. play shows that Pink Floyd would play. It's insane. Yeah, because yeah. there's no Pink Floyd, correct? Right. Yeah, so that's. That's the, the question there, then. Is it, is, is it going to be 50? I mean, who knows, but we're just speculating. Is it going to be 50-50, like, oh, I'll go see you know, the Billy Joel tribute, The Stranger, and then I'll go see this new guy that is similar to Billy Joel but is a new original guy? Like, is, how's the toss-up there work? Well, you know? I mean... Because there'll always be that nostalgia. Yeah. And that's what yeah. tribute bands make their money well, off Well, and that's why there's so many Billy Joel tribute bands. I mean, they're, dude, I, they're, they're popping up like weeds. It's insane I was gonna how ask, many of them there are. You're in the tribute game... We've been in the tribute game. What do you think is the most tributed band? Because I have a theory. 
But I wonder if you think the same. I think Billy's up there. I, d- I don't know what the... See, I would say Journey. Probably. Because I see Journey tributes. There was like there was like three in Charlotte. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then there were so many everywhere else. Like, yeah. It's ridiculous, man. And then that point, you kind of like carve out your regions, and then like you can't really grow in the same way. And then also, like Journey's still doing stuff, so like... If there's a Saturday right, night gig so and you're playing once, here and the journey's playing in the same city, it's like, well, no one's going to your fucking oh, yeah, show. Yeah, you're, you're, you're yeah. fucked. You're fucked. Well, that's another thing is there's this kind of stigma against tribute bands for that reason, and it's just not even true where, you know, uh, people basically feel like you're cheating. Mm-hmm. But the reality is I just – it's, I think it's some sort of a hack, but just, I don't think you're cheating. I don't, right. I don't fault anyone for that's, making money I mean, with you, music. Dude. Yeah, so it's – I mean, Do it. Like, bottom do whatever line you can. is like, I have a, 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 a skill in a craft, mm-hmm. right, and it's a job. I get yeah. to go out and – play huge shows no it's not my music but that doesn't mean that i'm not an artist i still write my own songs oh, yeah. i right. still go after my own stuff That's what Greg Howell but did, that dude. doesn't mean that you can't yeah but that doesn't mean that you can't go and make a living and actually get paid to play other yeah. people's music i think you know? anyone that can make a living with music is doing something yeah right. i mean it's a skill However that not everybody it. has well, if you're I, able to do it then go do it and it's i mean it's a different world too it's, it's also humanitarian because how many people can afford to travel to new york and, and pay yeah. to you're see yeah, you're yeah. Well, it gives you sure. the next yeah it's a cheaper option and it's the next best it's thing like, a lot of it's thing. free shows i mean a lot oftentimes of oftentimes it's better you guys can you guys can actually still move well a lot of our shows are are you know especially in the summertime are city not eleven hundred dollars a ticket <laughs> are, are are city funded so they're free so a lot like the the yeah, kind of city yeah, yeah. like the summer concert series stuff the outdoor bring your lawn chair kind of deal um we get a ton of work doing that and then also corporate gigs because yes. you're you know if you have a big corporate event you're not going to hire billy joel himself to come out you know we won't gonna... say what corporate we love corporate events because people don't really pay attention they're just like talking oh we're talking but about it's... fucking rain <laughs> but it's really fun to just change the lyrics we to... start fucking with it. we sing purple rain and i would just start saying fucking rain and just see if anyone would notice <laughs> fucking rain and just fucking nobody's rain. paying any attention and like no one even turned they just turn ahead and be like nice job man like yeah <laughs> Love we, that song. But we gauge that. Like, if the crowd's really into it, like, probably won't do it. Right. Maybe sneak one in. Oh, this last gig, Hickory Tavern. <laughs> yeah. We have to start doing this. Yeah. Uptown Fuck. Uptown Fuck you Towards up. the yeah, end, dude. dude. That's all I was saying. Yeah, Uptown yeah. Fuck you up. Uptown Fuck you up. And, like, no one knew. So I was like, we need to, we need to all just start doing that because it's so perfect. Yeah. But the tribute thing, that's interesting because I think it is like a hack. It's like a shortcut, you know? Well, a shortcut to being able to play big shows. It's not yes. a shortcut to Well, it's a shortcut to being able success. to make money, I think. True. Right? Yeah. Well, and that's why a lot of older guys are doing it because mm-hmm. they're kind of burned out and they're just like, well, this is what works. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And Dude. So- yeah, it's, hard. it's so yeah. Doing it's original music hard. is brutal. It's already hard to do a co- tribute band. It's already a fuck ton of work. It's hard to be on the fucking road. And there's road. still competition. It's and stuff. fucking yeah. hard, dude. Yeah, I, I think it's all hard. Like, like obviously we have we just recently relaunched. Uh, you know, anything goes. Anything goes. Right. The Guns and Roses tribute. And that's not no, so much to like get big as Guns and Roses tribute. That's really to. Generate money for your generate <laughs> money generate money and also create LA maybe yeah, fans. You're investing right? in yourself. Yeah, well, we open for ourselves. Yeah, yeah. That's so awesome. we figured that like if the LA maybe opens for Guns N' Roses band, there's no better group of people that are going to like the LA maybe than Guns N' Roses fans. Right, right. So we just basically oh, yeah. fill a room full of people that we know are going to like us and then shove our music down. Yeah, it's perfect. And and we metaphorically, sell, metaphorically, 
well, Cox physically. <laughs> but the, the thing that... I think y'all got that backwards. <laughs> Metaphorical Cox, physical music. Yeah, yeah, yeah physical. Yeah, there we go. CDs, there we go. Just CDs, just open up your jaw and just fucking sing. Yeah, dude, that hashtag pound me too. <laughs> fucking movement might get everyone, dude. Hashtag consent. Never mind, fan joke. Uh, <laughs> definitely can't say that here. Um, the thing that does bug me, though, and I don't know if you guys do this, is that when tribute bands sell merch... <laughs> Yeah, I hear that. I that hear that. bothers and we, me. And we don't. Um, and then there's also like when you use the artist's name in your name. Right. Like there's a Billy Joel tribute called the Billy Joel Experience. Right. And actually Liberty DeVito, Billy's drummer for 30 years, uh, like had Dope a – Dope-ass name. Yeah, right? Dopest name of all time. He was, he was pretty ticked off about that. I just My saw he, he, he made a big Facebook post recently That's just going normal. off yeah. about it because like he's generally anti-tribute bands but not – to the point where he doesn't want them to exist like he respects it and everything and yeah. he appreciates like you know actually my band leader mike met billy and uh billy shook his hand and knew who he was and said thank you for keeping my music alive like they, that's the, the artist actually have, appreciate right? yeah. yeah because he's not going to be around forever and we're allowing this music to continue happening in live situations I, but i wanted to name our first tour guns and roses live <laughs> and i wanted the poster to be the LA maybe Guns N' Roses live <laughs> and then just the dates right it'll be like Amos's people are like what the fuck and that was my theory we did have one show where it was and it, it wasn't on us it was the promotion by the venue but mm-hmm. it was the, the, the event was called celebrating the music of Billy Joel or something like that which you know is you alludes to itself to the, right? uh, that alludes itself to a tribute band but sure. uh, there was a we found out there was a lot of people who showed up to that show that thought that it was actually Billy coming that's and, counterproductive right they're gonna be pissed. but they stuck around and they told us that they left the show that's good so, that means you're good that's yeah. as good as you right. can get because they, they, they showed they up are like, good. What the they, fuck? Oh, okay. they are you know. really fucking good let me just as someone who's seen the show i don't show, know billy joel well enough to have any sort of opinion i don't well, know you're good let me so, tell you this. So, so here's the thing i didn't either but i went and saw them and i was like damn this is a fucking good show not lying and then i started listening to billy joel and i'm like it's good music it's great the I'm, most billy joel i know is from editing that video with you. And, and for that, the longest time, which is my favorite Billy Joel song in How I Met Your Mother. That's it. Yeah, so so I will have to say because when y'all last time y'all played at Clyde Theater, maybe not the last time, but the time before or something like that. But one of those times I was I got to mix it and man, I had a it was a lot of work because I had to mix all the tracks and everything and had it to It was coordinate. a three hour show. One of the one of the uh yeah. One of the um uh Channels wasn't armed, and so they didn't track your guitarist. And I had yeah, to go that, oh, and get right. Evan to to retrack everything for Evan to had, the show. So I had to send that file over to him. He tracked to that. Then the I had to drag it yeah. and line yep. it. Yeah. Um, so you guys aren't on clicker sometimes, or we have a few songs that use tracks. You know, there's a, like River of Dreams is a good example because it's got a lot of. Uh, you know, drum loops and, and what's the one that's kind of jungly? Is that that one? Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that one. Could have been um, in like Jungle Book. Wouldn't have known the difference. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we. I mean, I'd say probably five or six songs out of the set we use tracks, but everything else is just live. Yeah. Um, but the songs that we use tracks, you kind of need them. You know, yeah. otherwise it would feel a little empty for that song. Yeah, right. dude, it was it was so good though. I had I, I I have to jump in and say I honestly had a blast mixing and mastering well, that, you did an that amazing live job. live um Is that live the video performance. That we did? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh yeah and, and honestly I I go back and I listen to Billy Joel and I and I like Billy Joel 
to some degree. I never have, but I haven't disliked him. I, I, just, I don't well, dislike listen, him. I don't bef- dislike before him. Before joining the band, my entire understanding of Billy Joel was Piano Man. So I mm-hmm. took him as this like sensitive singer-songwriter oh, type. Oh, yeah, yeah, but then when not. you go and actually look no at opinion. his ca- catalog, it's rock and roll, dude. I mm-hmm. mean, like it actually mm-hmm. like a uh, song like The Stranger, which the band is named after, has got like harmonized guitar lines with big distortion and stuff. Like It's actually like straight-up rock and I roll. I still to this day remember a video you posted on Instagram or Facebook of you practicing the bass part for Zanzibar. Yeah, I still yeah. love the song, but I and I don't remember the bassline, but I remember it was crazy and it was so it's awesome got a yeah. There's, there's like a jazz break in that song. Yeah. It's got a quick walking bassline yeah. going on. Yeah. All yeah. I remember, man, I remember just like that's a cool bassline. Yeah. So I gotta say, I've gone through and I've actually listened to a good bit of Billy Joel now, and I appreciate the music more. But there's something extra special about your live performance, and I I think it's because of Have the caliber. I think it's because no, <clears throat> no. I have it, and I'm sure it's amazing. Well, we we do more of the we do more of like the '70s Billy vibe, so like slightly faster tempos, really high energy, big guitars, lots of cocaine, lots of cocaine. (laughs) Yeah, no, but explains the speed. Yeah, yeah, but no, not not physically. Um, yeah, but but like like Sonic, do it, Sonic, Sonic cocaine. But I mean, these days, if you go to see Billy live, like he's he's he he plays all the songs like a step or two down, you know, because he can't hit those notes anymore. All the tempos are really slow, and so it's way more chill. It's way more laid back. Yeah, but you know, we 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 give a show that's more like when he was hopped up on cocaine. Here's a question for everyone here at the table: Are tribute bands legal? Yeah. So as far as I, I, as far as I understand it, I don't understand it completely, but I think that venues have to pay some fee in order for like fee to like covers BMI or something, yeah. for right for covers to be performed and, in their venues. I think that's Most like six hundred. That. I think that's like six hundred dollars a year. But we don't have to pay any kind of royalties. We don't have to pay any Correct. fee in order to not... pay his music. But there are bands that like uh, uh what was it um. Uh, Oh, I forget the band, but there was uh, uh, the the Eagles um, on the border. Yeah, so well, that's the border, yeah. yeah well, Tracy's? actually, so so great band, dude. Yeah, well, so Mike Santoro, my band leader, originally played for them. He played drums and sang. Right, right. You told me that. Yeah, yeah. So he was the Don Henley. Exactly, exactly. And so, and Don Henley is a is a big reason for this. But basically, the oh, Eagles went on tour, and they they said that uh, no tribute bands to the Eagles are allowed to play in Live Nation venues, which is basically all venues and yeah. uh so people that, are not happy and they have to right and they have to pay the eagles like a hundred dollars a show or something like that which the eagles don't need you know yeah. it's really more just an f you yeah my question was like because i don't know the actual technical legalities but i feel like it can't be legal and i feel like on top of that though i feel like it's just kind of up to the artist right so if billy joel's cool with it then it's cool but if billy joel wakes up one day and goes hey you're done. That's it. Then you're so done. So the copyright holder has the power to say right. whether or not it can happen. Right. Um, That's, it's, and, but it's just kind of like a PR issue at that point. It's like, hey, it's not going to make you look good to be a douchebag here. Like the old Metallica thing. Right. Like, hey, you shouldn't be suing the kid, the 13-year-old kid who ripped your song from LimeWire, Lars. Like, you shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. Like, yes, you're not wrong. You're correct. You're legally in the right. But also kind of makes you look like a dick. <laughs> like, yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. like, there's that issue as well. There's the, there's the whole, like public perception issue versus the actual technically we're right. There's a right. lot of like technically we're right that still makes you look like an ass. Well, I mean, so technically you rewrote Sweet Child of Mine and the lyrics weren't the same. Axel took it down. Did you ever and hear that Axel, story? I did not. We did a Alvi, the, the old singer for the LA Maybe and I did a cover of uh, Green Child, well, 
sweet child of mine called Green Child of Mine. It was written for the Mandalorian. I okay, I do know about the this, Merkins. Yeah. They have they're like half a million subs. They're like a big YouTube channel. They do a lot of spoofs, a lot of parodies, and they contacted uh, Alvi to be the voice. And I con- and I got roped in to record him because we were doing Dirty Damn Tricks at the time. Yeah. And I talked to the guy at the Merkins, uh, a great guy. I can't say his name. He likes to stay anonymous, but um. I started talking to him. I was like, hey, man, uh, this backing track you sent me, like, this is like a $3 karaoke track. Like, if you want a Guns N' Roses Star Wars mashup, there's no better person on planet than, than me to do this. So right. Like, right. I was like, let me do a mock-up for you, and you see if you like it. And I mocked up the whole track, because we already had backing tracks done for our show. So I already had the click, already had the rhythm guitars. I just put in the drums to put in everything else, sent it to him. He was like, yeah, yeah, we'll use this. Cool. Put Alvi on that. Did the solo, did all the stuff. We had this. It was perfect. It was perfect. You can still find it. It's still out there. Green Child of Mine. And um, even helped him write some of the lyrics because he didn't have the ending. He was like, where do we go? Where do we go now? Like, I don't know what to put there. And Alvi and I took a break from recording. We're driving to Five Guys. And I just go, this is the way. This is the way. Yeah. This is the way now. And we just, it was immediate. I texted him. He was like, yes, do that. So we did that. And that was my little tiny writing credit on it. Um, He releases it. Within like 48 hours, it has like 2 million views. It's massive on YouTube. It's massive on Facebook. It's huge. And within 24 more hours, it's gone. Come to find Just out. fucking nuked. Come to find out. He calls me and tells me the whole story. Like, hey, man, uh, Axel's accountant firm called me. Wow. It's like a law firm or accountant firm out of Nashville. And they, they sat me down and they said, you know, man, we got to pull this. Um, it came directly yeah. from Axel's personal I mean, manager, which means that Axel Rose himself saw it. And decided to pull it down because right. his manager wouldn't make because you're monetizing off of his and songs. which is fair parody. Yeah. I, I don't know where parody falls on the scale. It's kind of in a gray area. Like Weird Al kind of lives in that gray area. But I know. But what was interesting is the accountants sat talked to him and they were like, "Man, we loved it. We were laughing our asses off. It was so great because he did a really good job with the video. We had nothing to do with the video. We just did the audio. Yeah. It used to be less great back in the day when you could parody, like parody is a gray area of the law. You can parody something and not. It's technically not a copyright, which is why. But there's, well, but it's a great I, I don't area. understand. You have like, to like, yeah. There's a weird way to walk that line with, uh, and with I don't like, understand it with so. like Weird Al Yankovic. I don't understand the artists that like got pissed off at him. You know, like when he did uh, Amish Paradise. I think. See, I think it's. A I personal think if you're thing, cool, man. I think right. if you're cool, you're gonna make more personal. Fans. But here's the thing: if Weird Al cool Yankovic covers one of your songs, parodies one of your songs, then you have made it. Like that is a sign that you are just. You but know, even so, I mean, yeah. at some point, Weird Al was just some kid. You know what I mean? Yeah, but at the time, I don't think that was the case. I think he was Maybe pretty true. well Maybe true. I don't known. know the story. Yeah. But at some point, he was some kid doing this crazy right. thing that I would mean, never I th- work. No one thought it would at work. Least, you know? At least now, it's an incredibly high honor to right. have him parody In my one opinion, of your songs. If somebody – and I've thought about this a lot, and maybe in five years, I'll change my mind. But right now, as it stands, if somebody parodies my music, our music – when I say mine, I mean the LA Maybe Hours as a group. If somebody steals our music and puts it on the pirate bay, if somebody rips a video and re-uploads it, that's all cool with me, man. It's cool. I don't necessarily encourage it, right. but it's, I am flattered. It's not, yeah. <laughs> like, it's not taking I'm flattered anything that you have, from you. That you have that you like us so much that you had to do. Yeah, that. it's an honor. Yeah, right. Yeah, Iron well, Maiden. and also that that means more people would have access to it, therefore yes. potentially making more. Iron Maiden you know? did this the most genius way possible. They they looked at analytics. I don't remember how they did this, and I could be getting this wrong. But what I heard was they looked at back analytics of pirating and stuff and found out that there was some, some small city or a couple small cities in, like, South America or something that had an unusually high amount of pirating their music. Yeah. And they went and played a show there and killed it and made right. 
million plus. Right, it could end up working for your benefit. Yeah, so they decided that, like, hey, all these people over here are stealing our, stealing our music. We could bitch that they're stealing our music like Metallica and go try to get the money back and sue 13-year-old kids who are on LimeWire yeah. or whatever. Or we could just go play a show <laughs> and make all that money so back in merch. funny when you say it like that because it sounds so fucking petty. I'm, well, see, I'll, I should say, by the way, I don't have any fucking idea what I'm talking about about any of this. So yeah. these are just things I've heard collected over the years. Yeah, yeah, right. Maybe they're right. But um, <laughs> take this down. <laughs> so, Who knows? Oh, dude, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm a fucking moron. No, you're not say, a moron, dude. The they, were, they were already rich by that point in time, man. Well, that is kind of part of it as well as like, do do you need it? And and then also, but also like I understand the other side. It's like you don't tell me what I need. If yeah. I have a million, I want a million and one. That's my business. You do whatever yeah. you do. Like, but <laughs> but if he was if he was smart, like I feel like. There's as many people who probably hate Metallica because of that story as that's, there are that like bad PR and bad as PR opposed, will hurt you. It yeah. will hurt your wallet. It will. Yeah. And I feel like I feel like if they're like fuck it, dude, get us. Get, we want our music to be heard by everyone. That's thank that, you. That's the modern attitude. I mean, try to buy our album. And we had to go through know? the Tipper Gore era to realize that that's the modern cool hip attitude to have. Like, hey man, steal my music. Well, now all music's free, right? You stream it. You pay $15 to Spotify. I don't know where that money yeah, goes. Yeah, and technically it's and not free, but nobody that's not at the top smaller than 1% makes money. The amazing know? thing about streaming, though, is it solved piracy. Yeah. Who pirates shit anymore? That's idiotic. Like, yeah. Just stream it, dude. Like, You know what I mean? You can stream shit on Spotify for free. You don't even need a premium account. Yeah, you just and have you to just have deal with commercials. You have like a yeah. couple little things to deal with, but like, it's, not, it's not that big of a deal, man. Yeah, I think when piracy before streaming though, like when piracy was becoming an issue, people were still buying records. Yes. But now nobody buys records. You know, it was you, it was high school kids, man. It was kids like me, it was me, there's, dude. Yeah, yeah, well, right. Yeah, movies and books. And fair enough. Fair man. enough. But there's there's two sides to it now. You know, it's like you can't make money really from selling records anymore. However, you know, if you with with social media and internet marketing and everything, it's like if you know what your niche market is, you know exactly what kind of person wants to listen to your music. You know, it's 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 better to have, you know, a a thousand super fans. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, the was that uh, then Malcolm have, Gladwell? No, he's the ten thousand hours. Never mind. It's one of these guys. Yeah, I, I heard a ground ground hum come in. Check one, check one. Did we lose we uh, Fred? It's I thought you said this best, mic huh? was good. No, it's uh, it's. I have we actually have a, we changed have a, my. Opinion. Well, right here, you guys can't see it, but right here we have a mute Fred button. It literally says mute Fred. <laughs> yeah, we use that a lot. Yeah, it's labeled FU for yeah. my initials, Fred up to ground. Which, by the way, greatest initials of all time. Yes. What's, your greatest. What's your middle name? Agreed. Just William. Agreed. William. William. Fu. <laughs> it's. Uh, uh, it's a very oriental name. This a fool. <laughs> he a master. Level this is three have to go on, on VIP base. With that accent. The free is as high as you could go. In we the try. By the way, Fred, you should know we try to cancel ourselves every week, and we're pretty good at it. So. <laughs> we're yeah. pretty good. I mean, the demonetized yeah, you see <laughs> on the fucking wall is amazing. <laughs> every episode so far, YouTube's like, "Hey, fuck you." Like, yeah. <laughs> um, no, but about this uh, this piracy stuff about buying albums and stuff. That's a really interesting conversation. Yeah, yeah. I think that, um, you know, even though people don't buy records anymore, people, if you are, it's it's like, it used to be that all the big names made huge money from selling albums. And now the big names are having to make their money from merch and from tours and everything else because they're not making any money off of the album sales. 
That's um, the question. Oh, right. Well, with making deals with the record companies and stuff. But yeah, the artists what? have always been screwed. But the, the but now there's a new opportunity for less popular genres of music that have a very right. passionate following. Because Everything's Because stuff that's yeah. popular usually has a pretty passive following. There's a lot of people that listen to it, but they're not interested in financially investing in you as an individual. Yeah, how many people have like a but when, shirt? You know right, I mean? but when you have like a really uh, niche style of music or, or you know, even something that's really abstract that's something that the people that really want to hear that music most times are going to want to invest in that because it's not something that's easy to find and it's not something that's very popular so now with internet marketing you're able to determine what type of person is going to like this music and those people if you get enough of them are going to want to purchase directly from you everything that you put out everything's been segmented and oversaturated at this point there is an author that's the other thing is it's hard to get out there but it's the thousand true fans theory, which is what you were saying, right. which is a thousand true fans will make you more money than a hundred thousand passive fa- right. fans. Exactly. Right, so exactly. You might see someone that's super famous, and um, and they might be broke, dude. Right. Like, you don't know. You see them selling out arenas, the and you company. think, oh, yeah. and you see them driving a Lamborghini, and you think, man, these guys have Coldplay is a good out. example. But, dude, they might be giving all that money to their record label, and the money they have, they just spend on that Lamborghini, dude. They don't have $10 in the bank. You know what yep. I mean? And you just don't know. That's the thing about money, dude. You, the guy that looks broke could be a billionaire, and the guy that looks rich could well, be broke. And a lot I, of- think about that all, I think about that a lot because I, I teach a lot of clients who live, live fat, and I'm like, My dude, dad if, always if, told if, me about this. If the economy crashed right now, I, prob- I probably have way less debt than these guys. Right. And I would be able to continue with my savings yep. you know, my dad always and I say my and, and my wife and I are very like very you know frugal, frugal. Yeah. Um, uh, especially my wife I, I can't say I'm like the saint you know my wife is texting actually, me every day like dude just got this new yeah, dude. Right. Yeah, no 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 my, my, my music gear doesn't count I, I gotta give, music gear's I got, free I gotta give my wife credit you know um, she's she's amazing I thought I was your wife with, well, you're my other wife the fuck but sec- technically work I have wife. A, you're my work wife yeah <laughs> and i don't fuck you yeah well not that you know i don't fuck my wife either i make love to her so anyways uh, <laughs> this got real gross real fast continue uh, dude, let's fuck, just let's well, just keep going, okay, yeah, keep going anyways all right yeah uh too many beers uh anyways <laughs> way too many beers i had one beer yeah 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 one beer it's I, really actually, big i've had I'm two of these two. things yeah anyways uh, so, so to, to, to go back on that, that kind of like tangent there, um, yeah, I feel like I'm actually in, in a better place than a lot of these people you think, you know, are living fat and large, which the technically are. Know. That's the thing. Yeah. And maybe, even if you're maybe bringing cash home, even if you're bringing cash home, the amount of stress that comes with that bills, yeah, is yeah. Well, I mean, because like the you make a big deal with a record company and they give you two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to go <sighs> do a record, right? So that. it's an amazing, amazing sounding Sweating record already. because of how much money. But then you have to go and pay that back, and then you become, a, and then you become a. But slave. there's also there's yeah. still like fees, like uh, damaged goods fees that they put on, which is out of date. That's from like broken vinyls on trucks. And they're still charging these absurdly high fees for you know risks yeah. that aren't even there anymore because mm-hmm. Digic is all mu- uh, music is all digital and um, yeah that's because Digic is all musical Digic is, Digic all, is all musical Digimon. and beer is good but no um, yeah and so you know they end up in debt to the record company and not actually paying it back and then the record company says okay well let's put out another record yep. and so they just keep it's a cycle in games. order to not 
you know, go totally under, these guys have to keep have digging to. the hole deeper and deeper and yeah. deeper. What and people don't realize is records. a record label is essentially a bank. Right. Yes. And they give you the $100,000 advance. Right. And you go out and buy the Lamborghini. Right. And you're riding high and everyone's like, dude, Fred just signed a record label. He got a fucking Lamborghini. Dude, he's killing it. And they don't understand that you have to pay them that money back. Right. And you're going to put out a record, hypothetically, that sucks. We know Fred wouldn't put out one that sucks. But if he did put out one that sucked and it tanked, which and nobody buys which it. Which wouldn't. Which and nobody wouldn't. buys it. Now what? Right. You have a Lamborghini that you can't afford. You have an album that no one's buying. And you yeah. owe a record label $100,000. Right. Because that's not – they didn't give that to you. That's a loan, dude. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. And, and they don't want to just – Spend a hundred to make a hundred. They want to spend a hundred to make three hundred. But you know that fact is also why the big studios are failing now, and why the home studios are thriving is because it's now technology yeah. with the digital age has become so good that you can make, you know, a professional sounding record at home, and you know, send yep. your send your audio files off to somebody like Daryl here or like yourself that are yeah. really really good at mu- mixing music, and for a incredibly lower rate. Just pay, I don't have the overhead, dude. You can just no. pay cash. <laughs> yeah. It's in your house. Right, yeah. right, exactly. You, you don't have you, a room you're You bought the yeah. gear. You're not having to pay monthly payments on your giant console or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, or the, the, the space to have all your gear. Uh, so, I mean, you, so you just gave me a shout-out. I got to give you a shout-out. Shout-out. Um, can't even say the word shout-out. Shit-out. Right? I got to give you a shit-out, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so basically. No. Anyways, now I got to give you a shout out. Uh, so not only are you a phenomenal musician, but you you are like if if I make it completely big in in, in studio work as well as you know with the LA maybe I, I you would be my first call as my multi like instrumental like, like session player, player. Right. Utility, dude, utility guy. That's the word, dude. More more than utility friend and utility player. Utility friend, yeah, serves with, many purposes with benefits, yeah, yeah. with. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to say what it... Utility friend, <laughs> you're plus not, two beers. You're not his <laughs> only second wife. <laughs> I didn't know Driz was Mormon here. Dude, very Since Mormon when it comes to band people. I'm very Mormon in one very specific way. <laughs> Just like, all right, dude, we got, we know. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, anyways, no, um, you'd be, you would... Um, not only you, but your whole team, the whole band, dude. Danny, I know, gets calls. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't yeah. know Danny very well. I, I met him once at Home Depot with you, remember? Yeah, we buying shit for the studio. We're buying shit for oh, the studio. Cool. Stuff yeah. you see yeah. in there right now. Yeah, I heard about this. And we yeah. ran into him, and, and I was the first time I ever met him. I didn't even really. I was like, "Hey, man, like I'm Dallas." And like, but you obviously knew him. You talked for a minute, and I was just yeah. like standing there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it was oh, the only dude, time I've ever seen him. Like, he is I a, do follow him on Instagram. So. Yeah, he he's really really an incredible drummer. Um, uh, and then I've seen dude, the I, I mix yeah. Danny. So, I, I mix and master Danny so much because Mikey, who was one of our other guests, uh, Mikey right. Morero, um, check out his music. By the way. He's well, got real it. quick, you, you two, and Mikey are like the three amigos, man. That's right. Yeah, That's right. Yeah, yeah. So we now I have to get another friend on. Damn it. We all got. Yeah, we all got kind of you know started started at the same time. Damn bugs, man. Oh, I know, dude. These fucking bugs. Welcome, welcome anyway, to the you were south. Saying, you were saying and about Dan, mixing Danny. Sorry. Yeah, I mixed Danny, Danny so much because of Mikey's tracks, because of Fred's tracks. Mm-hmm. I'm like, damn. I really and and it's so cool seeing every time I see Danny. He's like, dude, you mixed my stuff so well. Like, yeah, you well, made me dude, sound he, so good. For what know? it's worth, he talks about it all the time, man. He yeah. really does. Like, he's all the way back to the times he came and played at Morningstar, and you were running monitors or whatever. You know, like he's always. You were uh, at Morningstar as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's where Daryl and I met. Oh, that's mm-hmm. where you met. So yeah, you were a yeah. uh, musician, or yeah. So well, um, and I know I, your dad as well, right? Mm-hmm. So my dad's actually the worship pastor at the church at Morningstar. Or not still? The, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, the worship elder, not the worship pastor. Still um, at Morningstar, or used to be. 
Still is. Oh, nice. Still Elder is means he Elder. got one of the, Elder means he got one of those rings from Mordor. Right. And just right. Kinda, he's one of you know, the like, seven elves. Doesn't or actually elves have to do yeah. like yeah. you know, but he does. But he doesn't have to. You know. Nine men, five doors, three elves. Nailed it. Forgot gotcha. But now I got it. One ring. One ring. He, he, I, and I have to give a bit, big shout out to Chris because he he kind of like along with all of us, you, you, me, Mikey, really raised us in music yeah. and said, if, if you want to be successful, here's what you got to do. And we just started drilling, dude. Man, yeah, I so love that. I that's, love that because I did not come from a musical family. I'm the only person in my music like generations that plays music. Well, that's kind of our origin story was, you know, I was learning to play drums as a teenager and my dad was a worship leader and he had just put out a record and everything. And, uh, you know, I told him I was, I was starting to get a little better at the drums and said, I want to come play with you because he was playing every now and then. And um, he said, all right, tell you what, if you can go learn my entire record beginning to end, like note for note, then I'll let you play with me. So I, like, for months sat in the garage. On and just, piano or drums? On drums. drums. And so I sat in the garage and just, like, studied the mess out of that music. And you're having and to play Al Sergal drums. Yep, shout out yeah. to Al Sergal, one of the greatest drummers in town as well. He's, he's really amazing. And, um, Top three Al, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, so anyway... Um, so I did that, and then he let me come out, and then, you know, I introduced. He knew Mikey and Daryl because we were all buddies and hanging buddies, out, yeah. and making mac that, and cheese. And stuff, yeah, yeah, and so like you know, obviously they were guitar players, amazing guitar players. Well, amazing. And I mean, yeah. for the, hey, for like fifteen years old, we were all pretty badass. I'd still be lie. amazing for you a guys. 15-year-old you guys guitar are way better than I was at fifteen. That's for sure. And uh, anyway, he. Um, yeah, so so we kind of like formed a band that way, playing at church with my dad, mm-hmm. and uh, and my brother was on bass for a little while, and that was really really cool. I'm still working on this things, um, and and yeah, so so that's kind of where it all started, and then we were doing like progressive metal back in right, the day. right. No, Driz has told most of this story on the podcast before, right? Yeah, yeah, it's good, cool to hear a different perspective. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's really but cool. But yeah, to you've come up plenty of times on the podcast for sure. Cool. Yeah, all uh, bad things, but yeah. Right, right. Yeah, no, it's it's all good. Good. All publicity is good publicity, right? <laughs> all publicity is good, especially when we talk about how bad Fred is at everything. Except for <laughs> Lars in Metallica. <laughs> That's the one big example of bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, though, real quick, I did want to say, Metallica nowadays, it probably can't be the four of them, but whoever they're hiring to do their marketing is. The best in the business, dude. They Stranger are Things. Crushing it. <laughs> Stranger Things. <laughs> I don't know about that because I don't watch it. But oh, okay. Well, Master of Puppets that, was past... featured in the show, and right. it, now it's like number one on the Billboard charts. That's hilarious. Yeah. Genius again. But they, they've been striking genius for like the past like seven, eight years. Yeah. They, um, I mean, Grateful Dead has done this for a while, but they started doing uh, full multi tracks of every single show. Posting it within hours of the show on their fan page for the if you were if you're a member of their fan club and you're at the show you get a download of the show multi track fully mixed everything so like hey this is the show I was at this is like the whole Chick-chick. thing done three hours whatever my mic is dying they again. played Antarctica mm-hmm. they've been doing wow. all sorts of crazy who's there stuff. just they played for scientists they played for just scientists I guess yeah. I don't know but they were just the first band like who cares they were the first band ever to play Antarctica they have that now if you look at like the seven continents they're the only one that's played that's there played you know there I mean? yeah so like they um. They've just done all this unique stuff. Those are just two examples. If you go look at their the way they market things, the way they run their fan club, yeah. and again, it can't be coming from necessarily. They also the have a thing. really cool partnership with Meyer Sound. Yeah, with Meyer, I'm pretty sure it's Meyer that they work with. And They're so just they get killing it, dude. They get all of the all of the new like technology and stuff for their shows. Of like, oh man, this is gonna like. Dude, all your fill sections are going to feel like they're not fill sections, and everything's like timeline, and it's going to be more immersive. As you know, 
I'm just kind of like, I don't want to go into the science of everything, but basically, dude. Speaker-wise? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Line arrays, the arrays, the speakers, the technology in the speakers. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's insane. But they are just, I mean, if you want to look at a a modern band, and and they they have the budget to pull it off, but a modern band that has really stayed on the cutting edge, I would say it's Metallica. And you can see they're still selling out football stadiums by themselves. They're the only metal band in history that's been the number one band in the world ever. Yeah. And it's just, uh, I mean, they're just killing it. And and for whatever you, like, they recovered from the So I got to give respect PR, but. where respect is due. Lars Ulrich is, like, one of the most legendary metal drummers of all time, yep. right? Uh, but so I have a really bad joke uh, okay. because, you know, there's kind of this, like, you Running know, ongoing joke, joke that he, yeah, exactly, right. exactly. And uh, so when Neil Peart died, we were thinking about starting a, 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 a Rush tribute because Mikey looks a lot like Geddy Lee and can sing. And sounds, and sounds just like him. Just like him. And dude. so the band name I came up with right after Neil died was It Should Have Been Lars, a tribute to Rush. <laughs> <laughs> That's dark. That's like terrible. That. No, it's terrible. And I don't really feel that way, but you know, it's a good it joke. was funny. Yeah. What was I going to say about that? Um, oh, Lars had this joke of uh, maybe it was in Some Kind of Monster. Have you seen that documentary? Uh-uh. Amazing documentary about Metallica. Oh, it's on Netflix, isn't it? Maybe. Yeah. Something like that. I, really I, dysfunctional yeah. view of the band when they were making Sane Anger. It's the chronicling of making Sane Anger. Gotcha. Really di- a lot of dysfunction. Yeah, I saw They had a I band therapist. Some like, there's, some part, there's some parts of it that are like kind of like, this, these guys are not, like, this is bad. This is I've sad. seen like, some footage of him, like, in the studio where it's like, I, I mean, they're not easy, easy parts, but, like, he was getting really, really frustrated because he just couldn't get it, you right. know, throwing his sticks. Yeah, a thing. lot of big big egos clashing and stuff. And yeah. I don't remember if this particular part was in that or if it was in something else. But they were talking about, I think, the Black Album. People were saying they sold out. And Lars yeah. said, hell yeah, we sold out. Every seat in every arena we played right. for that entire tour. It's a way to <laughs> twist those two words. Yeah. And um, I always love that, man, because – if you if you zoom out on that, it goes to show you that like you, it's that old thing of like everyone wants to see an underdog succeed, yeah, until they do, right, and then you don't want to see them succeed and anymore. Then, They're the biggest thing in town. Everybody talks like, Fuck to those guys, yeah. And Metallica was the biggest. Yeah, you're thing like in town. you're like fuck fuck McDonald's while you're eating a Big Mac. Yeah, yeah. but it's like McDonald's don't give a fuck. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Because they have enough people that They're don't. They're big enough that, that it doesn't matter. Say, or yeah, it doesn't matter. And and they still like. For everyone saying fuck Nickelback, they're still selling on every show. Like I don't understand what's happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. Also, never I had think, a problem with Nickelback. Honestly, so, uh, I think that was more of a social media trend. To be it's super annoying, on. man. Because I, yeah. I hate that. Because like, it was almost overnight. Everyone loved Nickelback, and then everyone and then all hated of a sudden, Nickelback. Same thing and with it was Creed. Like, they didn't change anything. Yeah. They've been doing the same. The music has not changed. It's the same songs. Like we all love this one, and now we don't. Like it's, yeah. the song is the same. Yeah. And I never understood that because I always liked Nickelback as a kid. They were a rock band. I was right. coming up in rock. I like Linkin Park. I like Nickelback. I like Creed. I like all the rock bands that everyone hates now. Nobody yeah. hates on Linkin Park, but um, is that dude. song behind the bottom of every bottle? That's Nickelback. Yeah, yeah, These yeah five words in my head. We're gonna get copyrighted yeah, yeah. because I just sang that so good. Yeah, yeah. You dude, just you dude, just got this video real? so good. We're copyrighted. We're we're, 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 f- we're fucked nine ways. Do you remember that Sunday. time we quad cortex we shot him on and we got a copyright? Yeah, strike? dude. Yeah. <laughs> That happened once when we went live at one of our shows, you know, doing the Billy stuff. Oh, that's we, amazing. Yeah, so we're like, we just set up a phone, like, on side stage and started playing. And then we go, and, you know, my, and Danny picks up the phone. microphone. He pick, he looks at the phone and says, you know, like, oh, man, the video got pulled down. But we all, like, high-fived. Yeah. You know, because it means, like. What's funny about that is, like, yes. It sounded close you're enough awesome, to it. 
But also, it's like the YouTube algorithm has gotten so insane that yeah. I've done. I run a Star Wars YouTube channel, and I've done videos that tease a melody. Right, it's not even close. Different I know. key, everything, and it literally says like we recognize the melody from now, the Imperial March. So that's a development as of the last it's like insane, two years, dude. as of the last two or three years. So this it's was ridiculous. this was like four years ago when that was kind of, still kind of new, which is crazy that it's. <clears throat> progressed that quickly it's so insane because you know when that happened we hadn't had we had never seen that happen before yeah. and that you know and that really wasn't that long ago it's like when you shazam your band and you're like dude nice look live yeah yeah <laughs> That's yeah so exactly dude. um but uh but yeah the algorithm has just gotten insane yeah it's, the it's content it's, id man youtube it's, content it's ID. to the point where where like like they're they're they've already oversaturated and people are looking for for the underdogs everywhere but at the same time how do you break through that, and and how will anyone break through if it continues to go the way it does? The reason, and this maybe maybe in a way is props to YouTube, but it's it's all about original content, man. They don't want you to use someone else's shit. They don't want you to take a video of your kids and put Metallica underneath it and make money off of that. Yeah, but but there's seven billion people, and how many billions are on YouTube now? Like yeah. a couple billion. Well, here's the catch, though: you can put Metallica on the video of your kids if you're monetized. But Metallica's going to get paid, not you. And that's what they're doing. And that's, and that's what's hard to explain. Even, even to you guys as the, as, as the band that we are, the LA Maybe, I've, I've explained that when we put a video up today, we put up the lyric video for The Long Road, mm-hmm. our brand new song. It's not coming out until August 26th when the, when the deluxe edition comes out. But yeah. it's made now and it's on YouTube. And we got a copyright strike and we're ineligible for YouTube monetization. So you're thinking like, well, this is my song. Why am I ineligible for this? And that's because CD Baby, who is our distributor, is also our publisher, and it's their job to collect that money, so that if we have zero subscribers and we're not monetized, which exactly, is not and I'm are. familiar with this, but right. yeah, yeah, but for CD Baby going to go scrub all of YouTube because they put our music in the content ID, and they're going to say, "Hey, Fred uploaded a video of his kids, and he put the long road in it." Well, you owe the LA maybe money, so you're not going to be able to make that money. We're going to send that to the LA maybe. Right. And they do that for even our own videos. Well, you even know, our own. What's yep. funny is, so I have one single I've ever put out uh, called "Meant to Be" that Daryl mixed as I well. Remember. I remember. And, and so when Which, so I want to do, I want to do a remaster. This for wasn't that. that long ago. I, I mean, have at it, man. I want to do a remaster. You got the project that. on your computer, but um, yeah. So this was I, like what less I, than a year. I put ago, it out ago. through CD Baby. It was just over a year ago. Yeah. Um, I put it out through CD Baby, so it's on Spotify and everything. And then uh, with I, this is my first time doing it, so I don't fully understand all the legal side of it. And so then I I made a video that went along with it that everybody that played on it. So the whole theme of it was kind I remember of we like were in that COVID. <laughs> I yeah, remember that. So so like the whole the whole theme was like you know wanting to get back out to the live venues and wanting to get out to hang out with your friends when we were still in quarantine and everything. Right. And so I wanted to have you know footage of everybody in their homes tracking from home to, and put it into this whole thing. Mm-hmm. You know. And as soon as I posted it, YouTube instantly flagged it as copyrighted material and pulled it down. And did that down. confuse you? It's like... Uh, it won't pull it, it down. Was, it should it was, pull it down. It'll just mark it as ineligible. There's a difference on YouTube between a copyright strike and a copyright flag. Gotcha. A strike, you can get three of, and they kill your channel. Yeah, yeah, Those yeah. are bad. I've never gotten a copyright strike. I don't understand how you get one. Because everything I've gotten is a copyright flag. Yeah. All that means well, is I, if I upload a Star Wars video, it says, hey... Dallas, you're not getting you any can't money. Monetize We're from it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Wait. they're going to take the money. So anyway, that well, I got a flag. Um, yeah. So maybe I'm remembering it incorrectly, but because it is up now, it's on YouTube. But yeah. uh, you know, it basically told me this this music belongs to someone else. But so, what it tells you if you go look at it, it'll say it's claimed by CD Baby, right? 
and then you go to CD Baby and tell CD Baby, hey, pay me. Which is what I, yeah, exactly. which is what I did. Uh, which is confusing for a lot of artists. It's confusing because yeah. you put your own music up and you're like, why am I getting this? Is well, insane. there's so much more to it than the music itself. Yeah. You know? Um, but that's actually, as counterintuitive as it seems, it's actually really good that CD Baby does that. Yeah. Because what that yeah. means is if anyone else uses your song, you're going to pay right. for it. And if you have a YouTube channel that's not monetized, which it is difficult to get monetized, you have to have 1,000 subscribers and 4,000 watch hours within the last 12 months. Yeah. Those are not two easy milestones to hit, especially if you're a, a musician. Right. I have a gaming channel. It was easy to hit as a gaming channel because all my videos were like 20 minutes long. Like, right. You can right. get 4,000 watch hours with 20-minute videos. You can't with a three-minute music a five, video. Yeah, that's yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to have so many views. And and it's just like with our band, we got the subs- uh, with my original yeah. uh, with my yeah. gaming channel. I had the watch hours like three months in. I had the subscribers nine months in. With our channel, the the LA Maybe, we had the subscribers really fast, and the watch hours came way later. We had, yeah, like, it was it was so crazy. Long. Dude, we were it counting really down. Crazy. Like we were checking like every month. Like dude, like I've heard that more. too. Like, That's what's cool about YouTube is like you know you put stuff out there and. Nothing happens, but then you never know. Like never ten know, years dude. from now, it could all you of a sudden know, blow man. up. Yeah, the biggest my channel, my personal channel, ever did. It blew up off of a video I had released like seven months before. Yeah, and that and it had given me the most money I'd ever had in that month for a video that I'd up. It was December. I'd uploaded it in May. Yeah, and it was ridiculous. And that's still to this day. It changed the entire course of my channel. I do that now, but I'm not here to talk about that. The point is. When you have a channel that's not monetized because you haven't hit either of those milestones because you just started the Fred Updegraff channel because it's your first single and you have five subs, yeah, you're getting paid for it. That's great because if you didn't have that, you wouldn't get zero dollars. Right. You would have to wait till you hit those milestones, which would take nine months to a year. Right. Unless you're you like viral and then even then, like three yeah. months and stuff. So you CD Baby's swooping in and saying like, hey, you deserve to get paid for this even when you're not monetized. Right. And that's why they're coming to save you. And I know I'm telling you this and you already know this, but I'm also telling this for everyone on the, on yeah, the yeah, channel. Yeah, for well. everyone listening. Because we all have gone through this and we kind of understand how it works. But um, it can be confusing to see your own music get copywritten. It's really unsettling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then you have to just kind of dig in and look a little deeper. And, and CD Baby itself warns you that, like, hey, if you check content ID, like, it says, like, you're going to see a flag. Don't worry. This is what it is. Like, you're getting paid all the money. Don't worry. Like, CD Baby's not keeping any of that. Yeah, you yeah. paid them for their thing, and they give you their money. They're a really artist-friendly company. And that's why I pulled all my stuff off TuneCore and went to CD Baby because I like them better. And why uh, all the LA Maybe stuff is on CD Baby. They're an amazingly friendly, independent artist company. They have a podcast called the DIY Musician Podcast, which is incredible. Um, just tons of advice. Uh, I had Kevin Bruner, the VP of marketing for CD Baby, on one of my old podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember you talking. They're just about a that. really good company, and and they're they're who I want our music with, and that's who we do all our music through. And yeah, I can't recommend them enough. But that little function, and DistroKid, TuneCore, any of these people, it's the same thing. Yeah, it is a little unsettling for artists, and 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 this is something that any fan watching is never going to know because they're just going to watch the video and have a good time. They're going to see the ad or whatever. But right. Um, it's something that, yeah, there's a lot of stuff on the back end of, of being an artist that, that you have to deal with that you don't. I mean, as a consumer, you never understand. As if you know? the hours it took to be able to make the music in the first place wasn't enough, dude, you know? You have no it's idea. Non stop work. Yeah. No idea, man. The last. That's why two I play months, in a tribute dude, band. Dude, yeah, the, the last, last two, two months, months, I've been. Me personally, and everyone in the band has been doing this as well, but me personally, I've been up under a van changing the oil. I've been yeah. <laughs> like going to AutoZone, buying parts. I don't know what they do. <laughs> right. We're fixing the van. What else have we been doing? Oh, I've become an expert in fucking tax law. Like I've been doing accounting and meetings with accountants and taxes, and I understand sales tax and nexus and all kinds of crazy shit no one should know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. like you have to be an expert. I mean I've built the website, the logos, the artwork, the, the recording, the mixing, and then the writing. You have to remember you have to create music. Right. There's so many things you have to do. 
Yeah. And it's insane, dude. In the last month and a half, I had to variety. Variety learn, set learn list. so much stuff for you, man. You Guns and Roses so set list. Songs. Yeah. Master our yeah. album or our deluxe. This is on top of the travel and the on top of travel. And your on day top job. of being a dad. Yes. On top of day job. On top of taking care of three kids. Dude, yeah, dude. The I, last I couple honestly months don't have, know. Like as have, much as I do I, I know I have a lot more free time than you, so I'm not at all concerned about like who puts what into the band, but I don't honestly don't know if I could do what you do. I was thinking about that today. I was like, cause like I want kids one day maybe. And like I'm thinking and I know you both have kids, but I'm thinking like if I had kids, dude, I I'd probably quit the band. Like, like I can't understand how Driz does what he does. That's how much it's it, so that should crazy. be. That should be a, a sign to everyone in the band. How it much, is how much I'm because I had this, this thought means and then me, I thought and exactly how what much you're saying. Yeah. I believe in like the potential of this. Well, because if there, if if I, dude, the second I see zero potential right. in anything, but that's not what we see. Not we not see not with this not with this band. In anything. Oh, true. Well, you got to cut it out. I got to clarify. I got to clarify that 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 uh, this is not to the, this is how I how I live my life. Right. Yeah. Is, There's also two sides to it. I've heard so many people say that they don't want to have kids because they don't feel like they're ready for it yet. They're not established enough and everything yet. But in my experience, I, I had kids when I was really really young, and having the kids is what gave me the motivation yeah. to actually get to that. Point. I've heard that as well, man. Because if I didn't Same. have kids, I would be just lazy yeah. in, in comparison. You know, like it makes. Cool. You, I'm gonna go have a kid right fucking now, dude. That's that's <laughs> how you make it, man. And the tax breaks. Come on, dude. The tax breaks. I you guys are I will admit, I will the tax admit. breaks. Driz tells dude, me every dude, day about Fred, the tax breaks. Fred, just wait till you get to three, dude. Tax break <laughs> over ten oh, k. Whole other level. <laughs> That's insane, man. See, I don't understand it, and I, I, I haven't been like against kids, but I definitely am like waiting for a while. Yeah. Because for me, it's not even about having the kid. Because I definitely want kids. It's about the person I have them with. Like that has to be dialed in, yeah. And for like sure. I know you guys both dialed that well, in. Well, because you're so lucky, and I love that for you. But like for me, man, like I'm still working on it. <laughs> like, yeah, I hear you. You know, I hear you. that's that's kind of the most important thing, you know, you have because to, that's, you have to have that person that, that that's a commitment for the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. You can't you can't you can have a wife and no kids and, and get divorced and that's fine. There's n- almost no problems there. But you have a wife and kids and get divorced like that's it a whole different thing, yeah. dude. Now, now, let me, now let me clarify. Let me clarify, though. You could have a wife, and no kids, but also be a billionaire. And that's pretty bad situation. That's my well. situation. That's my actual <laughs> current situation. <laughs> Yeah, well, and then the alimony well, the only laws are a nightmare, oh, man. Yeah. They just like take just half listen to of any what Bill Burr special. Have, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's or Eddie Murphy even talked about this in the '80s, dude. It was raw. He was talking about some guy got. I mean, you guys know raw. It's the most one well, of the most famous specials of all time. But we don't need to recap oh, yeah. it here. Oh, yeah. But he was talking about the guy that had three hundred million dollars and got divorced, and his wife wanted half, and like she worked at a salon. He was like, so now we have three hundred million and seventy dollars. <laughs> That's one of my favorite punchlines ever, dude. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, man. dude, I, I, I've, I've told this to you, dude. Uh, uh, to you me? Because we've talked about that Not that same lot, thing. Though. No, I, I've told this to you that, you know, um, it, for me, having kids put the fire under my ass to get accomplished what I feel like I want to get accomplished. Right, you got the yeah. sense of responsibility that's beyond that. your own well-being because when you're only taking care of yourself, you know, we can kind of treat ourselves like shit and be okay with it. That's but when it's right like, yeah. when you have young children that need you in order to be able to survive and be fed yeah. and, you know, have the toys that they want to have or whatever, you So know. hearing it put that way, the fact that, that, that I'm doing this hell and maybe thing, like, should be like fucking like I, legit- I legitimately was you know? thinking that today, though. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, it was so yeah. funny. Like, I was thinking, like, 
like Drews has kids and like wife and family and like all these obligations and like still finds time to like stay up late and do this stuff and like and then I, my next thought was exactly what you said like wow man he must really be into this because like I don't know I couldn't know unless I was there but I don't know that I would be able to do the same I have a feeling that I would be like guys when, this is too when much I s- when I say it's hard and these bags under my eyes are because I literally have been up till two or three in the morning for the last two months yeah which is a bigger deal when you're a parent because you got to wake up at, at six, six in the morning. Yeah, they're, they're jumping yeah, on exactly. your chest. You can't sleep yeah. in. Yeah, you yeah. can't. You can't sleep in. Yeah, exactly. Man. Like I work hard for and the my kid, wife. But I also let, know. My wife tries to let me sleep in when 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 I when, it's, when she knows it, you it need can, it. Yeah. It can happen, yeah. and she's a fucking saint, dude. Um, shout out to my wife, Rebecca. Awesome. We you love her. Who? Just kidding. That's not her name. <laughs> <laughs> Just. Just keep them guessing. We don't give away names. Yeah, dude. I don't. I don't want to get. Uh, dude, no. Her for name real, is though? Dallas and Fred. <laughs> Her name is Dallas and Fred. Dude, I'm gonna legit use that from here on out. I love I'm going to my other wife's house. Who fucks your other wife? Dallas and Fred. <laughs> Sounds like two houses, baby. No, they live together. <laughs> now your wife's like, who the fuck's Dallas? <laughs> Why is he living in our basement? Don't worry. When did about we get it. a basement? <laughs> All kinds of stuff. Anyways, yeah, no, I uh, I would say kids definitely put a fire in your ass to be successful. I've heard that. Um, so I'm adopt tomorrow. So at this point, I'd say, hey, guess what, guys? We're going to be featuring two really awesome things. We're going to be featuring uh, one of our new tracks from our deluxe edition in our bonus segment for members only, our VIPers, and we're also going to be featuring one of Fred's tracks uh, from his. Uh, awesome project that he's done. I'm not going to say any names because if you're not a VIP, you're not going to get to see it. So, uh, Dallas, tell them where to head if they want to uh, join VIP. Yeah, if you want to keep listening to the episode, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up the free portion here. I know we've been going a little long. I love when we have guests on and we go long though. Oh, Personally, yeah, I have to say I I love long podcasts. I listened to one the other day that was five hours of fifty minutes long. Is one of my favorite podcasts I've ever heard. Like I love long podcasts. Uh, so I don't have any problem with going long, which we did today. Uh, but we're going to head on over to VIP now. Head on over to LAMaybe.com slash VIP if you want uncut episodes, if you want early access to episodes, if you want exclusive merch, if you want all kinds of cool bonuses. Uh, head on over there now. It's $7 a month, $75 a year. You get a little discount there. And we're going to head on over here and play some stuff uh, like Tris was just talking about. Fred, thank you so much, brother, for being here. Thank you for having me. And uh, let's move on over to the VIP. Driz, you ready? Yeah. I was born for this. VIPers. I'll see you on the other side. Let's go. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for watching the latest episode of your new favorite band. This is the end of the free content. But if you want to unlock the full uncut versions of every episode, head over to lamaybe.com slash VIP and sign up for our membership. For $7 a month, you'll get extended episodes of our podcast, a bonus episode every month, plus exclusive merch. You'll also be supporting us and helping us continue to stay on the road and make new music. And for that, we're eternally grateful. So thank you.